0: welcome to the podcast of the damned i'm your host ian and joining me today as always is my co-host nico how's it going buddy i'm good how are you i am super super good um how's your week been it's been a very weird week week. (laughs) it's been the most bizarre i don't know what it is but see at like my place of work it's just just been weirdos (laughs) this
1: past week Yes, is the answer
0: to that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I'm very happy to be back here to talk about another movie. And for the first time ever on the podcast of The Damned, we have a very special guest. Uh, if you're a fan of horror podcasts, you may have heard of the House That Screams podcast. And joining us today is the host of that show, Candy. How's it going?
2: I'm pretty groovy.
0: I'm very, very happy to have you here. Thank you so, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
2: Uh, well i'm excited to be here
0: yeah so how are things in your part of the world right now
2: oh uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's a deep question how far should i go i mean you know everybody knows about you know my back injury and just that's like an ongoing drama yeah uh but i did have surgery in june um And, you know, we're working with uh, that implanted device, blah, 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 boring, boring, boring. But like, you know, it's just a constant, like they have to adjust and make sure and sort my mobility. So that's like a constant thing. So I take that stress and I just apply it to working like a crazy person on mouse screens and um, my makeup company and just, you know, I've got my fingers in every pie. So
0: yes, keeping busy, I think is the key, isn't it?
2: definitely or i'm gonna go crazy absolutely
0: crazy. you were able to go to oh was that a, a convention though in the summer right
2: yeah we went to uh most of the podcast was able to go we went to uh joe bob's first annual jamboree that was in pennsylvania at a historic drive-in from the 40s and they showed one of my favorite films i'm not supposed to reveal but i think everyone knows <laughs> awesome autographs and joe bob actually met me um i because i can't walk for very far so i was in i was the only person this entire huge horror event of the year in a wheelchair so he came and met me and all of my podcast buddies who were there with me and just hooked us up with everything for free this guy is first class and he's been my hero and i like cried and i hugged him and it was just beautiful he was wonderful
0: that's so awesome nico don't you wish we had more shit like that here
1: Oh hell yeah, like I've I've got tickets for uh, the Comic Con, it's gonna be in Aberdeen, and that's the closest we'll probably get.
0: Yeah, we just have, we have nothing like, in terms of like horror cons, you know, horror nights, things like that, they just don't exist here. It's, it's honestly horrible. Maybe we should do that Nico, maybe that's what we should do. Uh, we, you know, and- um,
2: Nico on my show, he did his own.
0: Yeah, yes, I, you did, I actually forgot about that, that was, that, that was a success, big success as well, right?
2: Yeah, he had uh, a blast doing it, and I, I was like, let's let's do that again. And here in the States, I mean, you know, it's it's a really big place. So there's the big five horror cons. The one that the, I live in the Midwest, which is, like, basically the farmland of America. <laughs> you know, a lot of Hilljacks. I don't talk like people from here, but, like, you'll notice that Sean has a little bit of a twang. Um, <laughs> southern twang, it's a Midwestern thing, but we get horror hound. And um, we didn't get it this year, but we did get to go to the biggest horror event, like I said, the Joe Bob event. Um, you know, you can catch that on Shutter when they decide to it Eric's. It was live and we were at the live show. So that's um, awesome.
0: That's awesome. You, you well, know, the,
2: the Midwest, we get overlooked, but every once in a while they throw us a bone like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, at least you get that. Here in Scotland, we get. We get nothing. <laughs> we get absolute we'll nothing. Come visit America. <laughs> so if anyone who runs horror conventions is out there, come to Scotland. At least me and Nico will be there. <laughs> yeah, you've
1: got two people straight away.
0: That's it. That's all you need. All right, we'll, we'll and buy. when
2: you go to a horror con, come loaded with cash
0: yes yes I've heard I've heard the stories um
2: they are very expensive
0: you
2: will drop <laughs> we, we we drop like a grand
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's 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 a rare thing you know it's that thing that you might save up all year for you know that's that thing that you really look forward to you correct know, you treat it is like a bit of a holiday as well because you're you know potentially traveling you're obviously traveling as well you're meeting friends so you know it's it's an event you know it's an event in the year
2: yeah, and you have all these special memories and you get to meet your horror heroes and i mean it's just it's it's totally worth it like we we drove 10 hours to go to that yeah. because we weren't gonna fly it we were we we're gonna, gonna spend our money there <laughs> and we yeah. did the stuff for free and there's one thing about being stuck in a wheelchair is that people feel sorry for you <laughs> <laughs> charge me for shit <laughs>
1: So, so here's like the biggest silver story? linings. What's
2: the Phoebe she got then? <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean like I got free autographs and selfies and those things are like sixty bucks a pop yeah. And you know, meeting Joe Bob and and you know, he of course was top dollar, big the biggest star. It was his event and I didn't
0: get charged a dime <laughs> that's awesome though that's that's so cool of him as well so silver so lining. so yeah big props to joe bob as well so that's that's awesome. wonderful man um before we get into today's why why we're here why we're all talking about uh movies and things like that candy do you want to just uh tell our listeners a little bit about your show what you've got what your latest episodes that you've been releasing and what you've got coming up
2: um sure uh, the House of Screams. Uh, we're available on all major podcasting platforms. Um, we are one. Of, we are actually the biggest horror podcast, and I don't mean like in popularity because you know we're an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of like the party podcast, like if you want to laugh, and you know we don't take. We're not very reverent about things. Um, yeah, you can find us. Uh, our latest episode was. Uh, a gamble on my part because i love classic films so we did the 1956 uh the bad seed mm-hmm. and it blew the fuck up and i was i'm so happy that our listeners w- wanted to to hear more classic stuff um it, it was outperforming stuff that it just shocked me like it just blew up but um coming up on the house that screams um we are going to be doing reanimator area Um, we've we've got a lot of fun stuff planned uh because we are going to be ending season four finally because it's been the longest season (laughs) we're going to be ending it right before holiday break and then we come back in january with season five
0: yeah, but, uh, you when you sent me that schedule the other day, I was like, this this goes up to like twenty twenty-three
2: <laughs> Yeah, you you know how meticulously I schedule.
3: And I have to I
2: reschedule like, all the time. And I ha- and right now I am seeking guests for season five. Um, we always have a, a, a just our regulars that like to pop on, and we love having people because it's usually like they come on, they're intimidated their first episode, but then they want to come back. So I'm yeah,
0: like, I, I, I I think the first time I, I can't remember what it was. I've got a funny feeling it was Candyman.
2: I think it was Candyman that
0: I came on for my first episode, and I remember just coming in, and obviously. I think you had like your full compliment as well. You know, all yeah, like all seven, seven people. All of seven people. So I was just sitting there and I was just like, Oh my god, like there's seven other people here. It's a um, circus. And now I've I think I've done four different appearances on your show now. So Yeah, uh, four or five. So uh, and you, Yeah, I'm becoming, Yeah, you'll be coming on soon. Uh yes, hopefully uh, fingers crossed, hopefully in the in the new year. Yeah. I'm look very much looking forward to the, the, the episodes that I'm marked down for. Oh, and yeah.
2: also, Candy I just wanted to... Uh... <laughs> oh, I'm
1: sorry. I didn't mean that. Sorry, also, No, I was just saying, Candy was such a good film and I did listen to that episode. It was really good to watch. Hey, I listen to, Sonic. Yeah,
0: yeah. Have you guys seen the, the new one yet? Uh, not yet, no. No? Candy, have you seen it? I've seen it. Seen... Yeah? I've uh, seen
2: yeah. the new Candyman and I, I fucking loved it, but it's very controversial because people, it's like, seems like they either love it or they hate it. I loved it.
0: I loved I it. Oh, when I, it first yeah. came out i i really really liked it I, I a couple i had a couple of little niggly things about it but aside from that you know i really it I wasn't really it.
2: perfect but no. it was
0: great um and it's, it's it's listen it's difficult to follow up such such a great film like the original as well so i think they did i think uh, they did a really good job but um
2: it was certainly better than two
0: or three <laughs> yeah that, that's <laughs> not that, at least that,
2: agree on that
0: that's not that difficult to achieve in right <laughs> um sorry but uh, uh anything else to to plug about your show candy
2: Uh, There's just so much. So I just try to, I've been trying to simplify things um, with my Mm Linktree. So just Linktree slash Candy the Final Girl has all of my links to absolutely everything. Um, um, All my friends' podcasts, um, everybody on my show, their projects, like all my projects, everything's there. So it's a really... Fucking long scroll, but there's everything's there. You'll find the podcast, my Instagram, our Twitter, which is at house underscore screams. All of our social media is me. So um, sometimes you'll get some like girly replies that um, with like little pink hearts. And so you know that it's me on Twitter.
0: <laughs> I
2: didn't even use my personal Twitter
0: yeah yeah well that's awesome i highly recommend to all of our listeners if you haven't done so already please go check out the house that screams podcast run by absolutely amazing people it's always a good fun to be on and to listen to so please do go check out that show and the links that candy has just mentioned will be in the description for this episode uh nico yeah. I, I know you literally never do but whilst we're here do you have anything to plug uh no <laughs> Nico doesn't even plug his own social media, Candy. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that, that's like uh, Dave on my show. He never, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just like, I got nothing, you know, seek these people.
0: Nico, you need to get on Twitter. That's the place to be.
1: I think I am on Twitter, actually, but I just never use it. No, you need to start using it.
2: <laughs> it's a horror Twitter, as we call it, is from the horror community, horror family, mutant family. If you're into Joe Bob, I don't know if you guys have Shutter there, but, um his shows on there um or twitter is a beautiful place
0: yeah uh, i've always had a lot of fun i've I've had very, really awesome people over the past you know a few years since i started doing podcasting you know i've uh, i've had very few negative experiences on twitter in comparison to other social media platforms
2: right and that's how you and i met is we it basically is. started podcasting at the same time both of us just figuring it out as we went and we met up and you know, um, yeah, that was that was how we met. Yeah, yeah,
0: and 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 look at what's happened now. <laughs> Here we Such are. a beautiful <laughs> friendship. <laughs> but yes, uh, if you would like to check out our social media accounts you can go to our twitter at damned podcast we're on facebook instagram and youtube put just search for podcast of the damned we have also this week set up our own link tree so it's very funny that you brought that up i just set my r1 up this week so it's Linktree forward slash podcast of the damned it has the links to where you can listen to the show as well as our social media as well so please do go check that out um, I haven't actually done the full intro of the show. This is episode number eleven. <laughs> it's only taken—we <laughs> got there. It's Hi. only taken twelve minutes, but we will get. We'll get. There. That's what
2: happens when you have me on again.
0: <laughs> this is going to be our longest episode to date, and I'm I'm totally yep. fine with that. Uh, this is episode number eleven. In today's show, we are talking about the nineteen eighty five classic Reanimator. Uh, and if you guys are ready, we shall just get into it. So. Let's talk about Reanimator.
3: Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such dribble? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. He's brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the 6 to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. (sighs) But lately they're getting out of hand. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror. Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head get a job in a sideshow? It will scare you to pieces.
0: This movie was released in 1985, was directed by Stuart Gordon, and stars Jeffrey Combs, Bruce Abbott and Barbara Crampton. The IMDb plot is as follows. After an off new medical student arrives on campus, a dedicated local and his girlfriend becomes involved in bizarre experiments centering around the reanimation of dead tissue. Taglines for this movie. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's classic tale of horror. Death is just the beginning. Or Herbert West has a very good head on his shoulders. And another one <laughs> in a dish on his desk. <laughs> <laughs> just, I love your little mutterings there Nico <laughs> it's, it's just so cheesy though so is it? but that fits this film
2: <laughs> but that
0: fits this film so good, this film is just the epitome of 80s cheese right? oh yeah 100% um, it's
2: like batshit insane
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah from the word go like it just right from the very beginning beginning to end this movie is just at 11 the entire time um
2: right
0: <laughs> nico i'm like i feel silly saying that, asking this nico i'm assuming you've uh, seen this movie before yes 100 percent. and uh Kandi, <laughs> i know this is one of your favorite films
2: yes very much
0: so um Obviously in nineteen eighty five it came out. where, where how old were you guys when you f- roughly first saw it? Did you get to see it in a in a theater? Um you know when how how often have you watched it, you know? Uh, I, oh, well, I saw it when
3: I was oh, sorry. There go, you go. go ahead. No,
0: you first.
1: Ladies first.
2: Oh, thank you. Um Reanimator, um, I've seen it a lot because <laughs> sort of a funny story. Um it shot and I like really early in our relationship and we've been friends since we were kids like everybody who knows about Sean and I know that um that's my husband but um we watched this on Valentine's Day this is our Valentine's Day (laughs) if that tells you anything about (laughs) my marriage (laughs) but but he's you know obviously my co-host on the show I mean horror is our life um but reanimator when it came out i was six years old that shows my age i just turned 42 last week uh last tuesday so that's but uh i did not see it at six i started uh that was, i saw night living dead then um it was my first horror movie but like reanimator i quickly progressed into that at about i think i was 10 and i didn't and there's a part in the movie that i did not understand what <laughs> going on but i knew like it felt really weird i was like what's happening and later
0: that, on, that I, could I, explain yeah. so much of this film like yeah you i was just, like you have not narrowed that down any <laughs> any part that could be any well part let's
2: just say um <laughs> the head giving head yes um, yes not know what the fuck he was doing <laughs> he was naked and he was in places that i didn't feel like he should be uh, when i was 10 you know, I was like, I, "That's I don't know what's going on, but that's seem I, that that's that's not right." <laughs> <laughs> you know. So later on, of course, I understood, Um but I never I've seen this movie countless times. I've even rewatched it for the purpose of this. Like, I barely have notes. I just I watch this movie at least two or three times a year. Yeah. Um, so, this is just on my constant repeat. And my makeup company, um, we did a purple eyeliner and we did it for 1985 because almost all of my four movie favorites came out in
0: 1985. So, yeah. It wasn't that. We did there well, you go. one of our listener questions of the week a few weeks ago was like, What do you think was the best year in horror? Nico, I can't remember. Which was yours 85?
1: A. Hey i'm trying to remember now. i think
0: it was actually. i think it was 85 i think you did you said 1985 i took a new it
2: was a banner year
0: it was a great yeah. year um i i just decided to be different and went 2016 for some- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know just j- just for shits and giggles really just to mix it up <laughs> um but i totally get what you mean about you know the, uh, a movie that you don't really need to re-watch or a movie that you know is two or three times a year you know nico i know you you're you're probably a bit like that with lost boys right
1: yeah the amount of times i watch that is disturbing
0: yeah and and i'm totally like that with you know halloween and and, and Shaun of the dead and things like that that I don't, I don't like we did halloween you know one of our one of our first episodes i think it was like four or five and yeah. i had so few notes for that just because i've seen it so many times you know so i totally get it so candia you'll be the reanimator expert for this one you can probably teach okay. me you go a thing or two about i, this, I but... have
2: some fun facts
0: <laughs> oh well then we are all for the fun facts um but yes so obviously in this film you've got two i would say icons of horror uh and one is probably just one of my favorite people in horror of all time and that's barbara Crampton. Um, oh
2: my god, I love her. We just did, um, as you know, on my show we have sort of a sideshow. We, we have a, couple, we are a sideshow, but um, <laughs> we have um, a, a new one horror business that we've been doing for a couple months, which are non horror movies that are ties. But our most popular, like critically acclaimed thing is Ghouls Night Out, which Erica and I, and sometimes another female guest or two, will do a feminist review. And we just did Jacob's Wife, her newest film. Mm-hmm. Barbara was so excited about it and I just love her. She's so positive and wonderful. Like I can't say enough good things about Barbara Crampton. Like I paid tribute to her in a couple of the palettes that I my palettes I've done. Like she's just fucking one of my favorite
0: people of all time. She's she is absolutely awesome. Like I, I, Nico, I know I go I go on at you about you know being on Twitter and things like that, but she's she is absolutely one of the most nicest, most positive people on Twitter. Um, you know she's into I've interacted with 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 Barbara a couple of times, and it's it's honestly amazing. Like she is so so nice. She's so sweet, and she's a great great actress as well. I think, and she's only getting better as you know, as as she get she gets older. Um she was in your next a few years ago which i thought she did a really great job in as well um so yeah i think she's absolutely great and i, I loved seeing her in this film uh, if you
2: haven't seen jacob's wife her newest film um which deals with like vampire mm-hmm. war, um i urge you to check it out or I if think... you don't have access to it yet um we did I or think... it's been think... recently based
0: on my show. I think we have it here on Shudder at the moment. Yes, um, it's, I, it's I urge
2: you to watch it. It is a fantastic... We had another
0: film out, just. I think it was just before Jacob's Wife, called Sacrifice, um,
1: hmm. which
0: I've not checked out yet, which I need to check out. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Nico, are you a fan of, of Barbara Crampton?
1: Yeah, like, I remember seeing her in this, and it was like, yeah, a bit exploitive in this, but yeah, pretty good. Like,
0: But Barbara Crampton has... You know made like because she's obviously been in interviews and things and you know they've they've asked her about you know scenes where specifically you know we're talking about we're talking about the the, the giving head scene and <laughs> you know she um she's stated in interviews that you know she'll read the script and if she thinks it fits with the story she has no problems with you know like on-screen nudity and and, and things like that you know she said like And this was just a few years ago as well and she was like i would do it today if i felt that it would fit with the script and you know i just feel like go barbara
2: (laughs) (laughs) if i can do a a quick spoiler and it doesn't ruin anything in the film if you um are planning to watch jacob's Wife, but this woman is older than my mother looks fantastic And she, you see there's nudity in Jacob's wife and she's not afraid to still go there.
0: And she, she does. She looks fantastic. You know, Yeah,
2: it worked in the scene and she looked great and she felt confident. And this is a woman in her her sixties and, you know, I'm like, go, you do your thing. I love it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We've also got. Other horror royalty in this movie in Jeffrey Combs uh, or Combs, I yeah. however, however <laughs> you decide to pronounce it. Um, but I, he is probably. I think it's with, with with him. It's the mannerisms that he does. Sometimes it's not necessarily the words that he's actually speaking, but he's got he's got just such an expressive face. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just has these little mannerisms and, you know, little, you know, eye and mouth twitches and, and things like that. And I think that brings so much to the screen.
2: Yeah. For this character in particular, which he's played many times. Um, and he was on, um, not, I don't know if it was the, finale, it was the, before the finale, like the penultimate episode of season three of Joe Bob's show, The Last Drive In. They interviewed him and, you know, he he spoke at length at playing this role of Herbert West, and I mean, this guy is just such a phenomenal actor. It did pigeonhole him and typecast him, but I I think it doesn't like bother him too much. Um, I can't imagine anybody else playing Herbert West.
0: No, and and but. You know he he has I I totally get what you're saying you you, you know it, it has sort of pigeonholed him a, a, a bit as a role he's played on a <clears throat> excuse me on a few occasions, but whenever I've seen him in other things as well, he's always been one of the standouts of the film. Um, I, I think uh, the the frighteners, which I think was in the mid nineties with Michael J. Fox and mm-hmm.
3: you know,
0: underrated underrated yeah absolutely and um, slightly slightly more recently. Um, would you rather which I think is a really underrated movie um you know I think he play he plays someone in that movie that's really sinister but you know on the face of it is very very calm and you know and I, I just I just think he's a really great act, a great actor
1: yeah because like would you rather that was one of my favorite ones that I saw him in as well he's just really good in that
0: yeah yeah I completely agree I completely agree. Um, so we've done, so those those are I mean if you're talking about it in terms of you know famous horror actors now those are probably our two big stars but obviously you know this has got a whole host you've got bruce abbott here as dan kane you've got the the late david gale as, as dr i
2: was Harry. always in love with bruce abbott you know and he and he has like this uh soap opera good looks and it's no surprise that he went on to do soap operas <laughs> i
0: thought it's, he a was dreamy. A, it's, it's a bit of a change though right
2: <laughs> oh yeah yeah but he was kind of playing the straight guy here you know you know like as in not like heterosexual it's not what i mean i mean i mean you know he's playing it straight to sort of these very you know the intense performance of jeffrey combs and and, and you know sort of everybody else well david gale will that we'll get into that i'm sure but um but yeah i i think that you know i i don't know i just thought he was dreamy
1: <laughs> but so, yeah i know what you mean by playing it straight part like there's a bit that's just weird for his tidy shoelace the, the work and you can see he's played it straight there he's like really get into it and everything and even that's just like a weird scene. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> like every scene in this movie is just oh, yeah, like, I don't know I what mean, Stuart I mean, Gordon it's... was on. Um but I know um I know it made for some very interesting uh, on screen antics. Um you, you, you mentioned uh David Gale there. Um that was quite the performance by him in this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah it's next level crazy and it's so great um i love that i don't love because poor david Gale. but um like when his wife saw this movie and mm-hmm. saw the head scene and of oh, the head giving head let me specify because there's a lot of head scenes but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just it depends on what context but um when she saw that scene she left him
0: yeah they got divorced very soon yes. after this <laughs>
2: And he felt like shit. He's like, I don't want to do this scene, but he did it. And I'm glad that he did. I'm I'm sorry about his personal life, but like, what a fucking. But it's in this movie, and we have this movie. And without that scene, like, we still have a a, a really fun, great movie. But that just made you go like, okay, I I don't trust this movie at all. Where the fuck? I mean, it's, it's not afraid to go anywhere.
0: Yeah. So. Um. Obviously, when we get to later in later in the show, we have a, a segment called uh, Bad Letterboxd Reviews, and I was pretty much where I just troll through the negative reviews and see if I can find something that's mildly amusing or, you know, or funny or things like that. And that scene was getting that scene got so was getting so much hate um when i was reading well
2: then this movie's not for you
0: <laughs> and, and this movie's not for you and i think i feel very much like the way you've just described it there is the exact way that you should you should take a scene like that and it's just being like holy fucking shit what is this film gonna actually show me next
2: yeah you know? a, a fright, you know like a, a that that kind of tension especially the first time you watch it like oh my god what else what else
0: yeah, <laughs> this movie's already shown me so much and it's still, you know, able to to shock you and just show you things that you've never ever seen before as well. Nico, how did you feel about this scene? Like,
1: the the head-given-head thing is just... It blows your head off, basically. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, it's, it's just, like, you don't see it coming. No. <laughs> And it's, it's just such a surprise, like, you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay, you've got the naked girl there, how far are they actually going to take it, you know what I mean? Well, that
0: was it, like, I remember when I watched this the very first time, and that's happening, and I was just, I was waiting for the moment where, like, right, someone's going to stop him, right, and then, you know, it just carries on that little bit further, and you're like, someone's going to stop him, right? Right. <laughs> And, right and it's just like <laughs> and obviously eventually it it, it does you you know someone stops him and you're just like you're almost like breathing a sigh of relief at that point as well you're like oh thank god someone, someone fucking stopped him
2: you're like i'm so uncomfortable right now
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah exactly
1: Fourteen year old and i i actually had oh, a girl in my room we were she picked this movie because i hadn't seen it i was so
0: wondering know? where you were going with this story and you go <laughs>
1: I've got a few dodgy ones, but not that. Anyway, and uh, she, it was the first time I watched it, and she picked the movie, and I was like, "What the fuck am I watching? Like, genuinely? <laughs> Why have you picked this movie of all movies? You know what I mean?" So, <laughs> just... Sounds
0: like, sounds like a keeper to me.
2: They're either crazy or a keeper, and there's no in between.
0: <laughs> or both. There was that. Or both. Crazy.
2: Which I am both. I am both. I'm both crazy and a keeper.
0: I think, I, and, and Sean can probably verify that for us.
2: Well, he put a ring on it, so he must be into that.
0: But um, you know, like, and that's the thing about this film in particular that I think just works so well, and it's because it's, you know is the reason why it's it's so revered as i would say it's probably still classed as a cult classic um yes um but you know i think amongst the horror fandom is is just very highly thought of it's because you know you've got uh Jeffrey Combs you've got David Gill you've got Barbara Crampton who are all giving like huge performances you've got Bruce Abbott in there as well and you know uh Robert Samson who plays Dean uh uh, Mag- uh Barbara Crampton's dad in this film he's also giving a huge performance when you know after he becomes reanimated yeah um, oh yeah you know so it's just everyone is on the same wavelength and I think when that happens that's when you get something special
2: Absolutely. I mean, and and you got to think of the low budget for this film. Like, part of uh, when, God, I I forgot his name. I didn't write it down. So this (laughs) is, but um, Dean Halsey, like, uh, you know, Barbara Crampton's character's dad. Like, he was going like that shit, like, you know, really throwing himself into the performance. And when they have him in that room, and the room, the building was so flimsy, he kept knocking the walls down. (laughs) you can see the walls wobble he was trying to hold back but I mean this thing was shot like in like a 1940s movie like in like two weeks or something
0: Mm, it was it was it was really really short filming time and yeah you're right I think they I'd read somewhere that they'd just built that sort of padded room that they had him in really last last minute as well and so like you say it was really really flimsy and yeah he just (laughs) kept not knocking the walls down um so yeah um huge huge performances from all of the all of the actors here and i think that just is what led to having something really really special um going back to what i was talking about in the bad letterbox reviews the other thing aside from the giving head scene that the dead garner negativity from some sections of the fandom was uh the cat scene um, now, Nobody
2: likes uh, to see animals, even you know, fake. You know, obviously, it was clearly a fake, you know, animal.
0: Yes, apparently but, for you the like,
2: kill all the humans, but don't touch the animals. Pretty and, much and those people are. too. I'm like, kill the people, leave the animals alone.
0: I feel like I only really have an issue with it if it serves no purpose to the story, and you know, I feel like with with medical testing and things like that, they, they all, you know, they do start, excuse me, I'm just knocking a hundred things off my desk, um, they, they always start with, you know, like, animals first and all that sort of thing, and I, I feel like, I feel like it fit in with the story, it fit in with what Herbert West was trying to achieve. So, I don't particularly have an issue. There are certain movies where it does just seem excessive, you know, and it's obviously, you know, a director's choice just to have an animal in there to get killed. But, you know, when I think back to one of, one of my favourite movies, Halloween, when the scene where, you know, Michael Myers sort of kills the dog, I feel like that serves a purpose. And,
2: oh, yeah, and definitely serves a purpose here because that's earlier on or where, you know, Herbert is experimenting and I totally agree with that, but i feel still like, oh
0: man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, Nico, Nico, we, me, you, and you both, uh, we are both cat owners, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and we both uh,
1: have black ones as well. We both
0: have black cats as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my one is, I feel slightly demonic right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my She's, cats are just like slugs uh they're brats and they're my babies
0: oh i mean my cat is is my child but um she is absolutely very i think she's possessed these last couple of days she does this thing because she she's just came out of heat and for the, uh, okay. for like the three four days after that she's she's just wild i
2: tend to stick to males because they're more friendly like i get called the cat whisperer i've worked with cats my entire life i have two rescues that I have right now and they're just like royalty like if my house is on fire they rank there with my children on getting out like, I'm getting the cats I'm getting the kids Sean you've been for yourself <laughs> right. and my cats have like middle names and shit like I go extra with my cats but anyway yeah, crazy
1: <laughs> so we're all oh, ca- sleeping at my feet right now which one which one oh, Arnie <laughs> oh, on right god bless Anubis
0: um, but yeah, so we're all cat lovers here, and um, yeah, I feel I feel like Nico. How do you feel about this? You know, the the use of dead animals. How do you just feel about the sort of controversy that that it, that it causes?
1: See, I, I've always agreed with you with that one. but it is the whole, if it serves a purpose, it's understandable. Like you're gonna have it in films like Pet Cemetery and shit. You know what I mean? But in this one, it serves a perfect purpose because it's as you said. Animal Testings, I thing and it was massive in the 80s.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, exactly.
1: And so it's understandable and that, but, like, as I was saying about the first time I watched this with the girl that I watched it with, her two favourite scenes is the bit with the cut and the head given head. So I was like, this is <laughs> really, really weird. <laughs> like, so, yeah, the, this movie, like, I, I missed it the first time it was out so I was a teenager with it and so I understood what was going on sort of but not fully so yeah the the audible testing part it was like a massive thing there as well everyone's like oh don't use like cosmetics and all that shit and I'm like well it's understandable for medical purposes though
0: yeah 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 that's that's what i was saying and that's how it fits in with the that's why I feel like it fits in really well here in terms of the purpose that it's serving so I personally don't have don't have an issue with it at all. Um, we, you mentioned earlier, Candy, about the budget for this film. Obviously, we'll we'll, we'll do finances in that a little bit later on. But this movie did have a tiny, tiny budget. And with that being said, the effects in this film are great.
2: They really are. This is, I think, the first use of like glow sticks. Um, I mean, we have that very vivid green serum that is, you know, the reanimating serum. And I think that is so iconic. And we've seen use uh, of of glow sticks in effects since then, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, kind of became a thing. Like this was, you know, it wasn't a huge hit, but like the right people saw Like this is David Bowie's favorite film. Like, yeah, fight that. I mean, could he be cooler? (laughs) Um, but yeah the iconic green fluid um i mean and that's just a tiny little thing um but it's it it really is like the hinge of the whole movie because even when the movie goes dark you see it and uh you know that that just leaves a really big impression on you
0: well yeah it's the very last thing you see isn't it when before sort of credits roll when you get that freeze frame at the end and and the the you know the movie poster with uh Jeffrey Combs with the with the, the needle with the fluid yes. in it is such an iconic image. You know, that, yeah. that image of him holding the, the needle is what probably one of especially amongst the sort of horror fam- fandom, one of the more famous images in horror.
2: Yeah, I recreated that color in my Scream Queen palette for my color Barbara. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the reference.
0: <laughs> but
2: yeah. I don't like greens, but that's like my favorite color to wear. <laughs> Such a fun fucking green. Like, you can't miss it. It's so great. And it's just very, that's one of the most iconic takeaways from itself. Even if you haven't seen it, which if you're a horror fan and you haven't seen Reanimator, I consider this, you know, required viewing. And you don't have right. to like it, but you have to know about it. You have to see it. And so everybody knows when i post a gif of you know i don't have to have any explanation but with him with that syringe of it you know okay reanimator
0: yeah and i feel like that's that is something you know there are a few felt there are there's probably quite a few films that we between us you know we would consider required viewing but i think we could all agree that reanimator is definitely one of them um and then aside from that as well in terms of you know the simple sort of gore effects that you've got in this film until ter- you know you've got Decapitated bodies. You've got people being de- being killed by you know intestines. <laughs> You've got bodies exploding all over the place. <laughs> you know it's absolutely insane. But I don't think there's a, an effect in this movie that I look at. And let's 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 not forget this movie is now is now what thirty six years old, something like that. Um, there's not unreally an effect in this film that I look at and I think that's really not aged that well. Like, I think everything, it's kind of timeless.
2: It really is. Um, and that's the beauty of practical effects, something that we preach on the house that screams. Like, you know, um, in 1985, we also got George Romero, who you guys know, it's my favorite. Uh, Ian knows. Um, <laughs> but he did Day of the Dead. We've got, you know, the wizard, uh, Tom Savini on effects, practical effects. And you take that and you put it next to, like, let's say, some CGI film, like Wishmaster, which I shit all over if you missed that
3: episode. Um,
2: I don't usually like too much 90s horror. But the CGI will date you, will make the movie look bad. But if you use practical effects, it is timeless. Like, David still looks fucking amazing today. And it was also 1985. This movie still looks fucking amazing um, today. And I think we're we're having a resurgence in horror right now back to practical effects along with some CGI yeah. so the practical effects are bringing back what we need in order to make a lasting impression um as a film
0: yeah I mean don't get me wrong I absolutely think there is a place in for CGI and I think it's just about striking that right balance between you know what you use for as a, as a CGI and what you use for it's
2: less is more less absolutely.
0: is absolutely I think s- platforms like Shudder have really helped you know, with that resurgence, like you're talking about, of getting, you know, low budget horror movies out there where people are forced into, um, you know, having to make really creative choices. You know, we, we I've talked about it on many many episodes about how low budgets really do force directors and producers and makeup artists just to just get creative you know you talk about like exactly night, that's
2: night, why night. you get the brilliance of George Romero I mean he had no budget for like the iconic dead trilogy although it's really not just a trilogy but when we talk about night day and dawn mm-hmm. um no budget no studio backing him up just created choices you know, um, I like honestly. I'm like take their money away, make them think outside the box, and you're going to get a masterpiece.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Nico, I can't I can't remember what movie we were talking about, but we were definitely talking about film, and it was like five or six years old, and we were we were already talking about how the CGI is aging. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't remember what movie it was, but you know, and that was just, that's literally just a few years ago. Um, I'm assuming you're I'm assuming you're in agreement with us about practical effects. And, and the ones in reanimator specifically
1: for sure like i i love all the like my favorite one with the special effects is the peel in the orange one like <laughs> that is just so good for you like it's like peeling an orange and he's just pulling the head straight off you see straight into the the brain and everything it's just so good you know
0: but that's the thing about this film as well because there's so much of it and because a lot of it is in such you know great detail as well i feel like it would have been really really easy for a lot of it to not look that great or for them to get a little bit wrong or for a few bits and pieces for you to be able to pick out and go that one's not so quite well done as the rest or, or, or anything like that but they got it spot on
2: yeah and they show you know sort of what he was saying you know like where most movies could have pulled away or maybe not shown it directly i mean it's like bright lights you're looking right at it, and they managed to make it click, and, you know, hats off to them for that, because that's hard to do, but in the 80s, uh, like that, I call it the golden age, I mean, it really set the groundwork for, you know, what we have in here now, I mean, it, it, it was like, well, nobody's done this, let's do this, Let's try this. Hey, we got five bucks. Um, all we need to do is this, you know, and, and we'll show the whole fucking thing. And this is a movie that doesn't pull punches. It shows everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, I know <clears throat> sorry. We're not really going through this movie sort of scene by scene as we do for some of the films but i feel like you know the these, i'm bad at that uh yeah i know and sometimes i'm just like oh, i don't really want to go through things scene by scene and then i end up doing it anyway <laughs> um, but
1: we'll you just don't both. really need to with this movie though because it's quite sequential this movie anyway if you've watched it you'll you'll get whatever it, we're talking about because it's, it's all memorable it's, it's there's all, nothing that's really forgettable
0: that's it and you know it kind of like obviously it's not but it does it like you were saying, it's very sequential. It flows very nicely. Like you don't really feel like there's a big sort of cut at one point and you're jumping about and jumping about all over the place. You know, it it does flow very nicely. This film. It almost feels like one of those movies that's been done. You know, and just like a few different takes. Obviously, it's not. But you know, I, I agree with that actually. Um. So one of the other things that I wanted to talk about is uh, the score for this film because i think that's one of the things controversy. i <laughs> i think it complements this movie though so well i just think it's it's just that perfect accompaniment it's the right amount of you know fun and bouncy and things like that but just that little bit of sinister in there
2: yeah um but they got a lot of lack for um supposedly ripping off psycho
0: they did they did
2: yeah so you know but i think you know it i can obviously tell if, if i'm listening to the reanimator score or i'm listening to psycho having seen both movies so much but i think it's just taking you know those like high notes you know where we have those very quick and we kind of associate those with the stabs in psycho Yeah. um but i think you know here you know we have a lot more going on around that and it's not exactly like psycho. Like me, I, I see like maybe inspiration, but I would never mix them up. I would never say you No. Rip-
0: I feel like this one has got so much more so much more fun in it as well, you know? Yeah, it, like it, it's full. Yeah, it's full. It fits the sort of style of the eighty that sort of eighties cheesy movie, you know. Um so I, I I totally get what you're saying. And you do you like you're saying, you do see the similarities there. But I, 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 Nico, I'm assuming you're the same again. I, I would never mix this up with the psycho theme.
1: Oh, definitely not. But you can definitely tell that they've borrowed a few notes. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> well, Nico, you're a
0: you're a music
1: inspired expert. by. <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh, but, well, what was it, Doctor Dre said when he covered stuff? Uh, I'm, I'm just borrowing it. Just. B- <laughs> Uh, Aye, it was it along back. that line that I'm paraphrasing, you know. But yeah,
0: <laughs> was that a direct uh, quote? Was it?
1: <laughs> it? Definitely was not. But I remember it was along that line. He said, and it, you can tell they're they're mixing a lot of stuff in this with like this movie is basically Frankenstein, which a lot of folk forget. Like a lot of folk are like, "Oh, it's a zombie movie." I'm like, "Well, not
3: really." Nah.
0: Yes, we haven't gotten into the debate yet, so and i think you've both just given your answers there so we're, we're are we are we going with that this is not a zombie movie 100% I am not as as it, is.
2: it is not a zombie film it does i mean clearly the title reanimator and what are zombies but reanimated corpses but it, this is it just feels different it doesn't feel like a zombie movie because um, I don't know it just doesn't have that that you know zombie feel to it it's more it's it's something more like they're they're smarter um you know there's just more going on there than would be for a zombie and it's not and, and you know and a lot of they had all these different explanations or no explanation like a night of the living dead like or, or a really thin one as to why the corpses are reanimated and they just want to eat flesh reanimator they just want to fucking kill you
3: yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they,
2: they want to kill you immediately upon reanimating once you you hit them with the glow stick juice they they're they're gonna fucking kill
0: you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'm on board with both of you guys i do not class this as a zombie movie um for for the reasons that you guys have, have you know given um it has it is definitely got a very different feel to it um like you said they are smarter there's a couple of few well i mean uh, Doctor Hell's head is fully, kind of fully just back to life, really, isn't it? So it, you know, it's talking, it's hatching all these evil schemes, yeah, um, thinking, still it, using its
2: body, yeah, you
0: know, yeah, and,
2: in tandem,
0: yeah, exactly, and you know, Dean Halsey, although is 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 completely, you know, off the rails, you know, is still responding to commands from from his daughter and and things like that so there's definitely differences there between this and what you would class as a traditional zombie movie so um that's why i wouldn't class it as as a zombie film
3: um, and we have
2: a specific you know focus on the brain you know they're medical students
3: mm-hmm.
2: so this is a lot more scientific and so uh, you know he's particularly wanting to reanimate brains and you know i think his most successful reanimation in this film is of uh, david gill's character you know his professor
0: i think and i think it was so well done as well in terms again of the effects of of that because like again i remember it is 1985 they have a really low budget i don't feel like at any point that those effects looked really bad i think you know having that head in the in the tray was was kind of genius they did it so well yeah.
1: And the, the way that he does it as well, the whole, but it's fallen over. I just love that bit as well. That oh, when over, he, just when get he, the spike he sticks <laughs> it
2: on that like needle, like that holds papers or whatever. I can't think of what it's called, like a paper thing. Yeah. And he's like, now it'll stay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, because we're
2: beyond pain
0: at this point. Yeah, definitely. And then you've got that whole scene where, you know, his body has the, the mannequin head, but half the face <laughs> is missing. That's, that's one of the things we've not really talked about yet, is the actual comedy in this film. Because be hilarious. I it's so funny. Um, It's so just over the top slap. There's some really big slapstick moments in there. But I feel like there's some really kind of intelligent comedy in there as well. I feel like it offers a little bit of something for everyone in terms of the jokes
2: right and and i know that we've spoken in this conversation so far about like it being sort of campy and whatever and i'm not going to say that it's not but like well, okay just using barbara crampton let's talk about chopping mall for a second now that is cheesy 80s horror with <laughs> fucking robots and like in the mall and it's dumb and but it's fun it's, it's junk food movie like i call it. reanimator i think is a little bit more intelligent it's uh you know ballsier it's it, it and even in its comedy moments it has like so much more to offer than your typical 80s cheesy movie so that's why i i would not call it like a cheesy movie i would call it you know it, it's campy but like it's just like one of those extreme like it's intelligent somehow in all of its ridiculousness so much more than you know like i said like chopping mall or just you know some of these other like slumber party massacre shit like that. It's so much better. It's so much more. Just like the score, it's more. It's fuller. Yeah, and um, that's why I call it required viewing. My, what I call chopping mall required viewing?
0: No. <laughs> Nico, how do you feel about the comedy in this film? The jokes. Was you laughing?
1: Yeah, because well, you know, I'm I'm just I I like cheesy humor. It is it is like. It is cheesebolly, but it's there for a reason, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I was talking about movies that are so bad, they're good to my friends at work, two people said this was their movie that was like that. And I'm like, I, I don't see it that way. No. But no, they okay, like,
2: I don't see any bad in this movie. In fairness,
0: like, exactly. again, that was one of the things that came up a few times in the comments was people saying, oh, this is one of those so bad, it's good films. And I was just like, I just don't get that at all. Like, this is just a good film.
1: Yeah, that's the same as what I was thinking, but I've I've talked to two guys that have that viewpoint, and and in their mind, they have saw this, and they they were like, yeah, it's it's just because, well, the dialogue's not the best in the world, and and the the scenery's not the best, and they're rattling off stuff that, no, I don't agree with. Like, I think the scenery and all that's pretty good. The dialogue goes along at a, a set pace, and it works quite well. And I, I genuinely don't think it's one of those so bad it's good movies. I just think it's a good movie.
0: It's not Troll 2. Exactly. It's not Troll 2, eh, Nico?
1: Troll 2 is just bot. <laughs> this Troll, is an ongoing joke. Troll 2 joke. should be burned. It's Troll an an ongoing or like burned. my
2: controversial take like on Killer Clowns Matter* Space, burn them. <laughs> burn it.
1: hated like, it, 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 it.
2: That was the time because we do a section on our show called <laughs> Shitty Reviews where he pulls off one star reviews on um, IMDb i all kind of laugh and I get like combative because you know how I am. <laughs> but on that episode, it was Candy shitty reviews because everyone knew I did not want to do that movie, and I did it. And they were like, "You are such a wet blanket." I'm like, "This movie is just so bad; it's bad." Okay, like fuck this movie.
0: Well, that me and Nico did Troll Two a very long time ago, and I, I'm oh a,
2: bless your hearts.
0: And I, I he was a,
1: made me watch it. I he was made a, me watch.
0: It. I'm still to this day in the so bad it's good camp. But Nico, Nico, Nico is in this so bad. Yeah, spot.
2: when you get into those, those I mean, like everybody else on the show was like praising Killer Clowns and I was like going and swinging. <laughs> <It> <laughs> Why sounds- does everybody love this movie? Fuck this, you know, that, and that's, that's where you get into like some of these like, you know, little debates and horror and there are so many they call them hot takes or whatever you want to call them. But like, I may be the only person who hates Killer Clowns from face, space, but I defended myself
0: yeah and in and, and fairness nico that was one of the most fun episodes that we have ever done
2: yeah when oh, you yeah. debate like when our scream episode which is about to come out soon um all we did was scream it was mostly me and rob <laughs> <laughs>
0: how, why God am agree. i not um, su- why am i not surprised
2: <laughs> rob and I, I'm, like okay in in honor of rob i'm wearing my uh nightmare on Elm street three episode <laughs> of shirt am um, because we thought about that i'm like how did you how could you shit all over dream warriors you broke my heart you know, um. We still bring that up, like that's a running gag now. Like, <laughs> like two years we've been fighting about that, and spring is our new fight. So you know, yeah. you, you just have your things.
1: See, so anyway. our fight, our fight is quite easy. It's two movies and oh.
3: two movies alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. get oh, I'm every so,
1: episode.
0: So we both have completely opposite views on these two movies. I I hate one of them and I love one of them and Nico hates the one I love, but loves the one I hate. Yeah. So the two movies, I mean, I say I love it. I didn't love it. I gave it a very average review. Um, but the two movies are Doctor Sleep and the Child's Play remake.
2: Oh, that's, yeah, I can see the hot takes coming right now. <laughs> um,
0: so, yes. Um, so we. Well, where we, we, do
1: you stand on those two movies?
0: I hate them both. I, hate <laughs> I will accept that i will take that as a win um, as a win so i don't
2: like either one so <laughs> and that's weird for me usually i have a i lean one way i i i'm not into it I'm so N-
0: nico was a big fan of of dr sleep and i i was more of a fan of of the child's play remake i didn't think it was as bad as you know some of the reviews it was getting and some of the things people were saying about okay
2: it. you know what i i have to retract my answer <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Sleep. I thought of The Shining, and I hate The Shining. I don't hate Doctor Sleep, so now I actually have a team. I love Doctor Sleep. I hated The Shining. Yes. Like I just had a. I'm on a lot of medication. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so when you said Doctor Sleep, my brain went The Shining. So yeah, I hate The Shining, but no, Doctor Sleep. I have to say I like it. I actually gave it pretty high marks on my
0: film. Sorry about that. Sorry,
2: sorry. listeners. I'm on drugs.
0: So you're on. You're on (laughs) team Nico. Which you yeah. need to be which in fairness, you need to be on drugs to be
1: on. Oh. <laughs> and I'll I think this is that.
0: this is just an argument me and Nico are gonna have for the rest of the life of this podcast. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, me and Rob have a couple and it's like Rob and I are so close, but like when we fight, boy, we fight. When Scream comes out, people are gonna be like, What the fuck is going
3: on? These it's guys just are Katie
2: friends and Rob <laughs> screaming at each other. <laughs>
0: I uh, listen. I've been, I've been, inv- I've been there during a few of those. It's like it's when you're watching the screen of the two. It's like you're watching a game of tennis. Like you're just going from one, one camera to the other and just watching you just go back and forth. It's great viewing.
2: <laughs> yeah, because we, we do our podcast. Uh, I am behind on clips just because my health has been so bad the last couple months. But we're gonna get some out here very very soon. But yeah, we do everything on camera just because we get to react you know with each other face to face and um yeah some of those eye rolls and then you're like oh <laughs> um I know I you know like it's very obvious like when we're pissed <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's just when my uh, my camera goes goes off for a couple of seconds so I can secretly <laughs> so I can secretly do a little eye roll
2: <laughs> yeah we're so we're all a bunch of loudmouths on my show we don't we're not secret
1: <laughs> oh yeah but anyways right, right
2: there I, anyway. i'm not
1: one for my picture getting taken so you'll never see me on camera really
2: unfortunately i have to
0: do that a lot but i apologize okay. nico i'll get you on camera don't you worry <laughs> yeah you
2: worry. we have to know i have to know that you're not just like a mannequin a medical mannequin wearing <laughs> that you have a head attached to your body now um i wanted to bring up something and i know this isn't my podcast but i want to talk about brian use for a second because um, also required viewing, I think, because um, Brian Yuzna specifically, you know, he produced this film and it beca- kind of came became like a, a scary thing, his name, because of this film. This was his first, you know, doing that. Mm-hmm. But he specifically did this so he could do Society, which came out in 1989 if you have not seen that is
0: sorry to interrupt you're you're
2: either gonna hate me or you're
0: gonna i love that
2: (laughs) how can you not but that movie it goes like it's this movie times a thousand
1: yeah yeah so that's, that's a very good movie i
0: actually have a denim jacket that has the 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 I don't know how to describe it. The, the ass face scene on the back. I need to take, I'll take, I'll take a photo and I'll send it to you um, of, of my jacket. Yes, please. But, uh, but like
2: society, we did um, oh, over like about a year and a half ago on my show. And everybody was like, Candy, what the fuck?
0: Oh, it is out there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like, you oh, have to see this movie and you want to, it's like a, a body horror classic it's not serious whatsoever. And B- Brian Usna did this film, which is, um, um, I love society, but Reanimator's the better film. Oh, but yeah. like, to see society. And then Brian Usna goes on to do, Honey, I fucking shrunk the kid, <laughs> Disney. <laughs> like, this dude is all over the place. But they were so afraid of him because not only did he do Reanimator, then he's like, I did Reanimator, so I could do society. I'm like, So you did. This fucked up movie to do a more fucked up movie. I yeah. like
0: good you, job. You, you know, you got to test the water sometimes and just ease yourself into that craziness.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and so we had Screaming Mad George on effects there, and that's all you really need to say
0: about that.
2: <laughs> the shunt.
0: Oh, I love yeah. this. The, the, was the, the the taste of the shunt.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just had the sidebar there. You can edit that out, but I no, just
0: no, absolutely. That's gonna stay in. Like, any any chat? Yeah, about Brian is used that like. like...
2: I love him, but yeah, if you see, once you see your required viewing of reanimator, you move on to society, then maybe come back and uh, give us lots, or hate mail, or love. <laughs> yeah, whatever. you can send that,
0: <laughs> feel free to send that hate mail to podofthedamned at gmail.com.
2: <laughs> house screams, because, you know, you're going to talk to me, and um, I don't know, going toe-to-toe with me is pretty, pretty scary stuff. It's scarier than society. <laughs> We'll yeah, just, there.
0: i know just just ask rob <laughs> Please.
2: how we can love each other so much and then just fight like all the time
1: <laughs> but uh but yes uh, uh, the making up's the good part in that one i'm guessing
2: yeah, uh, but we, we hold
0: grudges and but they're not real grudges. <laughs> but uh dragging us kicking and screaming back to the movie. That we're so here.
2: sorry, so and sorry, I was just right. wanted to Oh
0: no. Uh it was it was it was our last episode where me and Nico went on probably about a twenty minute tangent talking about the titles of porn movies.
1: Yeah, all I your fault. We've done I that.
0: <laughs> um so that, that took up a that took up a solid what, fifteen minutes of the episode? <laughs> yeah,
1: like, like I made the joke of oh that she looks like a foreign actress she was and that was one of the questions.
0: It was one of the questions, <laughs> yes. She was in the film, and yeah, we went on. There was some very interesting titles, let me say.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, and some of these porn you know, these directors from horror—they usually come straight from porn, especially in the '80s and the '70s. And just finding out the other the names of the porn movies they did, you're just like, oh god, I wish I didn't know. That. <laughs>
0: um go back and listen to our clip on it and you'll that's th- there it's just a little 20 second clip and uh, oh i have to i have uh, to now. you'll you'll know what we're talking about but um as i said we haven't really talked about any sort of speci- we've talked about a couple of scenes but is there any specific sort of scenes or anything else at all in terms of thematically or any other aspect of this movie that either of you guys would like to talk about well
1: not really because we're talking about it like a lot of the seeds that were we'll
0: what they
2: covered anyway yeah um uh, i'd like to talk about like sort of the the great chemistry between our two leads which is Riss Abbott and jeffrey combs as herbert west and um oh my god i can't remember Riss Abbott's character right now
0: um wow dan cain yeah. Dan, yeah. here we go
2: dan uh i said it in an accent oh my god please believe that <laughs> <laughs> why drugs um I have to take them anyway sorry um so yeah i love the the camaraderie between these two because that is the entire crux of the film and pride or the animator whatever you know um which is the this, <laughs> this sequel to this mm-hmm. but uh they're a couple and there's a uh, supposedly another one
0: coming yeah i heard rumors about that but i've not I and mean, i
2: hope they're true
0: i hope they're true yeah yeah i would like to see especially if you know i, th- I think uh, jeffrey coombs would be on board for that
2: yeah um, and i think that's what i read is that yeah
0: that's that's what i mean? read but i've not heard anything about it re- really recently so
2: yeah uh, I'm, I'm just I'd, hoping maybe you know kobe threw them off track but they're gonna get back
0: on track yeah i hope so i hope so too there's um, a lot of other
2: remakes out there that i'm like please don't or or you know additions or sequels but i'm like i want this but anyway like these two characters they they just have you know We've got the batshit insane Herbert West. We've got, you know, Dan who's like, you know, trying to do the right thing and he's in love. And, you know, he's a you know, medical student just wants to get through and be a doctor and save the world. You know, like there's such different characters kind of thrown together, but they work so well. The chemistry is so great. And I, I just applaud that, especially in a film that was filmed so quickly. You know that they were just their consummate actors the chemistry is just great and so that's what really sells this movie is that these two characters and of course we have so many other great characters or interesting characters but they are the crux of everything
0: yeah and um it, it's it's so rare as well that you get that because like you say normally it's so rare that you would have especially sort of at, at this time as well that you would have essentially your two heroes being being guys. Um, obviously you've got your know, Barbara Crampton in there as well. but you know w- you know we're all very familiar with the concept of the final girl. Um, and we don't we don't have that here. And you've yeah. also got Herbert West who's sort of treading this line between hero and villain as well. Um, you know, I, I don't feel like he's really fully a hero, and or, or the other one in 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 this film anyway, um, and I feel like he's really sort of sort of hopping on either side of the line at various points in the film. You know, at the very beginning of the film before um, Dr. Hell really gets involved, you know, he's kind of the villain of the piece. Yeah, and, uh, well,
2: and the thing is, is I'm going to compare this to what I said about Midsummer or midsummer as it's supposed to be pronounced, but I, <laughs> but I, why so I say Midsummer, but like the, the fact that the Christian character in that, he thinks he's a hero. He thinks he's a good guy. And I think that Herbert West, you know, in this space, uh, very loosely on H.P. Lovecraft's uh, story about Herbert West reanimator. But the thing is, is I think that you know, Dr. West, I think that he thinks he's a good guy, he thinks he's doing good, but there he crossed that line into madness.
0: Yeah,
2: you know, he thinks he's the good guy, but he's not. Yeah, you know, he's really our only good guy, and uh, Meg is, is good, you know, but yeah, Herbert West is not good, he's a bad guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Nico? But it's it, it's the whole Frankenstein monster because well, as I said, this is basically a Frankenstein movie just redone in the eighties, and yes. the way that they've done it, Frankenstein is the monster, mm. not the monster.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, that, that was big, how it should be done.
0: Yeah, and that was it's the big not- theme of you know the original Frankenstein in in the thirties. You know, was that you know they they villainized this 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 monster who really was there you know through no will of his own you know and they're they're doing that here as well because you know characters like uh dean for example uh, meg's father you know he didn't ask to be brought back to life he didn't ask to be killed either but (laughs) you know
1: yeah it's like uh, even the meathead guy you know when he comes out like and kills the dean like you can see there that that's it's not his fault. He's just trying to get out, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I I I agree with, with both of you. And like I said, like you were saying as well, Candy. It's so the chemistry between uh, not just I think um, uh, Jeffrey Combs and Bruce Abbott, but between Barbara Crampton and uh, whose oh, his name has just escaped me, uh, David Gale. Um, I think all of them have amazing chemistry in this film, and that that you know might make up because nico you were talking about like um you know some of your friends and things that maybe criticized you know the script and things like that I, listen there i think there are a few lines in this film that i do kind of go oh, you know that's not the best written line in the world but obviously you know yeah. this is this is like
2: that you're just a reanimated head they'll work in a sideshow like okay yeah
0: okay. and um you know like Jeffrey Combs manages to pull most of them off. I think he even said in an interview, how do you pull some of these lines off? Um, Like, who
2: would say shit like this? Yeah,
0: so like, I kind of get that, but I think the the on-screen chemistry, everything else around it is done so well that you almost don't even notice it when you're watching the film, you know?
2: Or it's easily forgivable.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, the one last thing that I would like to talk about um, before we move on to our, our trivia um, is the, the the cliffhanger ending that this movie ends on. Um, you know, for so as far as we're concerned, you know, let's pretend that none of the other reanimator film, the other Re-Animator films exist. Um, you know, we think Herbert West is dead, um, and Dan Cain is about to bring Megan back to life. Um, yeah. How do you guys feel about this just as an ending? Because it's such an abrupt ending, which is something that doesn't really happen in horror. Like, obviously, we've all had cliffhanger endings and, you know, you know, twist endings and things like that. And We're all very familiar with it. But I feel like this is kind of a unique cliffhanger that we don't really get that much.
2: Not anymore. I mean, I think, like I said, I think a lot of these things are coming back in horror. Like, we're starting to get really good horror. We had the 90s that just completely ruined horror but then we had a resurgence and i think we're in a good place now but um this ending and and maybe this is part of the valentine's day thing but you know he really loves meg and um i think a recurring thing in, in some really great uh modern and some of the older horror movies is grief mm-hmm. you- we, pet cemetery was mentioned earlier uh by Nico
0: well you talked um, about midsummer that's a movie yeah summer
2: uh, yeah, yeah it's uh, hereditary yeah. you know done in grief and so you know the whole time dan is arguing with him like this is wrong you can't do this but the, the you know the love of his life dies and he's you know because by by an errant arm of all things yeah it chokes her I and mean, and he can't save her and, and we see at the beginning of the movie, he, he freaks out when he can't save patients. That's why you want, he really has the passion to want to save lives and, as a doctor. And um, she dies and he, and he can't save her. So what does he do? You know, he's going to reanimate her. And so we get that, that, that fade to black with that, that our, our little syringe full of the, the reanimation liquid and that scream oh shit, like he was grieving and I guess he was such a great actor, like he was literally like crying with like snot and stuff and Stuart Gordon was pissed about it like he didn't eat cake. But but I think it would have been great, I mean we're already watching a gross ass movie, like leave it in but (laughs) he didn't want want him to ugly cry in a disgusting movie, okay but you know he's so sad that he's like driven to the point like I'll do anything, I'll do anything And we, we go through that bargaining phase as part of grief and um, you know the, the faces of grief and so he he does what he knows is going to be a bad thing and he screams like everybody else has screamed when they've been reanimated we know this is this is bad but he did it because he loves her so much and you know i kind of like that feeling and it, it was honestly i like cliffhanger ain- endings i like these endings where you get to kind of go on with the story any way you want in your mind and get that here and of course we got you know sequels to this but you know even if you just watch this movie and just go from that ending i still think it's a great ending i, I honestly think it was the best ending that they could have done
0: yeah i think that's always an important thing is to to think about when we're, we're talking about and you're having debate and things is like well what's the alternative you know and is there a better way of doing it nico what did you think of the ending
1: see i i I quite like the ending because it's like a lot of the movies in the 80s did leave it open for a sequel and that's basically what this one is doing with the ending but it does it so well that you wouldn't really care if there wasn't a sequel if you know what I mean because it closes enough for you yeah that's that's
0: the good thing is like obviously like you're saying it's 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 very very open it's a very very open ending like if they but if that was just it you wouldn't Necessarily be disappointed with you know oh well, well what happened you know that's just kind of it like I, I I get I get that and I feel like that's an odd thing to say about a movie with such an such an open ending. Hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, I like, mean it's hard to do right.
1: Because uh, the the whole thing where he, he kisses her lips and then does the whole crying like you were saying, that is like pretty good. Like the way that they did it, because you're thinking he catches the emotion, he thinks he's awaiting go get it. it's it's just such a good end is the way it, they, they did it right
2: yeah I, I, the I, the I, allure, I think is there um you know so the whole time he's it's almost like let's let's metaphor this with like you know I mean technically it is sort of a drug but like drugs like okay my friends do drugs but I I think drugs are bad and I want to do the right thing but you know something bad happens and then he falls into it and you know the the allure was there like well i can't let her be dead but this is a bad thing but you find ways to rationalize it like a lot of you know drug users alcoholics whatever do mm-hmm. um, you know if you want to get really deep with this
0: yeah no yeah you're, you're absolutely right you know and that's and i think that goes for 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 most addictions out there you know and that 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 definitely applies and and again no but the, the simple fact that you know that's you know that's where this particular conversation is just taken us just shows how much depth this movie actually has you know to some to some people they think they like some people might just dismiss this as being that sort of cheesy you know mid-80s movie that you know we've been talking and having fun about and laughing about but there is depth to this movie you know there are real moral dilemmas that it it sort of raises and and real life um conversations that are to be had from it yeah
2: and we have that with um you know frank hennenlotter is a schlockmeister you know he's kind of grindhouse films you know like frankenhooker and stuff we did brain damage and I said, "You guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the tables on you." And we had the most serious episode we ever had on on a schlocky movie that people dismiss. And now everybody's like, "Oh my God, I never realized that." Yeah, and you can do that, and like, there's not a lot of these films that you can go really deep with. I think we get a lot more depth to horror these days. But I think it was pulled from some of these great standout films like this, where you know we had some real emotions and conflictions and and you can you know make that an allegory or a metaphor um you know all you have to do is just think about it for a minute and this is the kind of movie like when after you watch it you don't just walk away you kind of it's still in your brain knocking around
0: yeah definitely i completely agree okay
2: um
1: it's, it's one of those ones as well you you you'll find that if it's on the tv or if it's on the background you tend to just get glued to it and start watching again cuz i remember I can't remember which bar it was, but they used to play horror movies in the background. I think it was like Berlin's or something like that. Mm-hmm. This was one of the movies that was on in the background. And every time this one came on, I would always just be glued to
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, like it just has that effect, doesn't it? Because there's like, like you know, you were saying Candy with some of the other aspects of the film. This, this is just such a full film. You know, there's no lulls. You said it yourself, Nico. It flows really nicely. Everything about it is just so full of, of character and 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 noise and effects and whatever else and I, I think it's it's really really is a great example of just how great horror can be. But if that uh, is everything, do we have anything else that we would like to talk about?
1: Uh no, I'm good.
0: No,
2: yeah? Candy. Um, Stuart Gordon wanted to shoot this in black and white.
0: He did yeah. It's
2: my last little thing I wanted to throw in there, and while like when films want to do that to sort of pay tribute and, and it works well for some films this film is so vibrant yeah and and when you think of this movie do you not think of you well, know um without that the, the brilliant colors that we get in yeah. this i think we would have been robbed of the some of the depth and and i think the film would have played completely different i don't think it would be talked about anymore so i'm glad that that choice was uh you know 86
0: yeah i feel like they're like if, if they were gonna do this in black and white i feel like there was they, they maybe should have done a you'll know, have almost like a, a sin city sort of thing where, you know, yeah. certain aspects of it weren't... Were yeah, like,
2: like we, the liquid... Like,
0: just like the reagent the was in colour, like, like, you know, some other aspects were still in colour, even if the majority of it was black and white. But even like, then, it's like the black, black and list.
2: white... I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
1: I'm saying, like, the Schindler's Listing, where you see the girl in the red jacket, yeah. have this orange yeah. and yeah. green, and, like, you know, that sort of style would be really well.
0: Yeah, but
2: But see, I think this made... subject matter, and the way that the film is, and how... The places that we go black and white has about it because you guys know well i'm ian knows but i'm a huge classic cinema fan like um, 20s 30s silent shit like i love it all and uh, that's my other thing besides horror that i'm obsessed with but black and white sort of commands a seriousness of tone
3: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: we need the humor that we get here we need um some of the other things that i think the black and white would have not it, you you needed the color you needed to be in that moment this black and white commands a different sort of um feeling like more seriousness and and while this film does have some seriousness to it uh, there's some other things to it that uh the black and white I think would have dimmed and we I don't I really just don't think it would still be talked about It'd just be a footnote
0: yeah um yeah it's it's a fine balance you know and i think sometimes you know it's one of those things where if you take one aspect of the one one piece of the puzzle away then then you have an incomplete puzzle you know and everything else just doesn't quite work and doesn't quite fit the same you know and I think I think that's that that's one of those pieces okay um well if that is everything then we shall move on to our next segment and we shall talk about some trivia
3: I'm sure if we bashed your head in all sorts of secrets would come tumbling out as always,
0: with our films, we will start off with the finances of the movie. Uh, we've been talking about the budget. This movie had a budget of around $900,000, so a, a small budget, um, shall we say, um, and grossed in its run worldwide $2 million. so as you were saying, Candy, you know, at the time wasn't, like, the biggest success in the world, and I'm not certain that this this movie would ever appeal to a mass audience outside of the horror fan but in terms of yeah how it is viewed within you know the horror fandom and the horror community i think this movie is can be considered a, a big success
2: definitely people still talk about it today it's considered you know one of the great classics of the 80s um still in conversation and that says a lot
0: definitely definitely that's it like it, you know it's all about that the movies that you still talk about like there are some great great movies out there that no one talks about anymore and i feel like that's maybe the the sort of the definition of how you succeed in t- especially when it comes to horror because it's such a such a niche market because i feel like for a lot of people if you know you know, we're all horror fans here, but we like other kinds of movies too, you know? But I feel yeah. like if you're if you're uh, a fan of a different genre, you're less likely to also be a fan of horror, if that makes sort of sense. I don't know if I've explained that in the right way. It does. But, um, yeah. Nico, are you surprised by the, the finances? Do you agree?
1: Yeah, because, well, the, this movie is an absolute cult classic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it doesn't surprise me, we'll to be honest
0: um so the special effects department for this movie apparently used around 24 gallons of fake blood during the shooting um john <laughs> john Nyland, who's one of the special makeup effects artists of this film says in, in ev- any other movie he'd worked on up to that point he had never used more than two gallons of fake blood but they used 24 for this film
2: and dead alive later in the early nineties was like hold my beer.
0: <laughs> it was yeah. like is that all? Twenty four is that all?
2: <laughs> That's it.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah. But yes, a very. And um, but at no point did it feel like there was too much blood. And guts No, no, it doesn't.
2: It doesn't feel like there's twenty
0: four gallons of blood. In this. Yeah. Um, we've already talked about how. Unfortunately, this movie did signal the end of David Gale's marriage. Um, Stuart Gordon has did conf- also confirm that story in an interview as well. So that is believed to be the actual reason why, why they got divorced. So I feel like as an actor as well, if that's the reason that you're getting divorced, then you maybe don't have the best relationship anyway.
2: Right. Well, as an actor, I mean, you got to watch your, your partner, you know, sometimes have sex scenes or, you know, they gotta they have to kiss. I mean, you can't, like, fake a kiss. Yeah, exactly. Oh,
1: you know, you have to, you sign underworld. up for that. Sorry, Nicole. But the most famous one on the world where he's filming his wife having a sex scene, that's just flips it right in its head, you know? Yeah. Some people will actually get off on that and other people it will just drive them away.
0: Yeah. But
1: I
2: and feel other like people understand that it's just their career.
0: That's it's, what it's it. their job, isn't it? Like
2: there are porn—I mean, porn actors and actresses—they have wives and yeah. husbands whoever, children. Yeah. But this is their career.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, talking about the giving head scene, um, the British, uh, the British film censors, because we love them, they just refused, <laughs> um, just refused point blank to pass this movie or give it a rating until uh, that scene was cut. So they had to cut that scene from the British version and Oh, they're
2: always ruining everything.
0: Those the, the British film censors are like the biggest just wet blankets.
2: Yeah, you <laughs> the video nasties cat and all those.
0: Yeah, they still they're still just as like British. Like I feel like um, our our ratings has become a little bit more eased. Like there are certain films nowadays that.
2: But there are still a lot of films that are like older than me that are banned.
0: You, <laughs> you, know were, like, mean, like... you were like you're something that sort of like blew my mind um that I actually didn't know about you know movies in the states which um, is that you're so like if a, uh, your rating system because over here we have um so our like highest rating is an 18 which just means you have to be over 18 to go see the film. but your rating system is you can still be like younger than the guided as long as you have like a, a guardian or a parent or something like that with you right? Yeah. Right.
2: I um it's very, very rare that they release uh, you know, it have to be rated X, which is porn is rated. Yeah. Um But uh I think like, you know, um a couple movies that they did release with an X rating and, and you can't get in unless you're eighteen.
0: Yeah. But
2: that's only like once ever, like a a handful of times in history yeah. since so yeah, like my mom was taking me. She so rated our films, like you know, as long as I was with her.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, I could I could do whatever the fuck I wanted.
0: Yeah, because that's that's just a, that's just a no go here. If you're under the age, so as we go, our our films go 12, 15, and eighteen. Those are like our three.
2: I hate when when they get so oppressive about like this is my child, and I'll do what I think is right. Now, I my kids are big horror fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, girls are grown. My son's fourteen. I introduce him to films, to horror films, you know, and, and shit like this. And But he's with me. I talk him through it, and I explain, and, you know, he's interested in the movies, and if there's a part that he's, like, I'm not going to be comfortable with that, I'll be like, look away, you know, don't watch the head-giving head scene if you don't want to. But do watch, because I'm not stupid about 14-year-old boys, yeah. um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, if he's viewing it with his mother, he's not going to want to look at that, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's my choice to do what I want to as a parent. And I think that if you, if you try to be very moral like that, and other people, like people need to have freedom of choice. And I think that I'm a good parent. I have straight A kids, uh, Dean's list, uh, you know, everything like that, because I'm doing it. I'm, I'm educating. And if they go out and do it with their friends, they're not going to get the, the best perspective on this. Mm-hmm. And if forbid things they become more delectable more likely for people to rebel yeah. and watch them in 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 the wrong capacities
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah because i I remember growing up you know my my obviously because of our race it's just like and i was i could never sneak into movies because i looked like i was eight years old for about <laughs> until i was about
1: 16 um so,
3: <laughs> so you but...
1: never do the buy a ticket for a different movie you just go at the wrong one by accident
0: oh yes
2: but i was always so honest that i couldn't
0: do it so but um, my parents were all my parents would always show me like movies at home when we could you know rent them at blockbusters and uh, those good old days but you know my parents would show me a lot of horror movies you know especially when I sort of got to my my early teens kind of years as well and you know we've talked about we've talked about these stories before about you know how old we were when we first saw I was six years old when I saw my first horror movie Nico I know you were really young as well when you saw your yeah. first horror movie um you know and, and it's you know,
2: probably because of our parents
0: yeah my parents literally sat me down Definitely to wasn't my what, yeah my parents. mom sat me down and said you
2: need to watch night of living dead scared the shit out of me it
0: was great my parents sat me down and was like this is scream <laughs> I
1: was like, like, oh, my man. mother hated horror movies so yeah it was sneaking away at my mates watching it at the mates
2: my mom was a, a horror person like i am now and now that i'm at the level you know i do my life of watching all these horror movies like she's a casual to me yeah. but she introduced me to the classics and uh you no, know, there's some good ones but i i have like and i call people some pe- people casuals like it's the shining the exorcist halloween night of living dead you know but for me i'm like so beyond that
0: yeah like you'll say to someone oh we were doing cl- color clowns from outer space and they'll You're look like, at you what
2: <laughs> what fucking movie is that
0: <laughs> like me and nick like I I, I I was telling some people at my work about what, what we were doing here and i was saying oh we reviewed Zombievers. <laughs> they just looked at me like i had five, like, five, five heads yeah. you know um, yeah
2: um we did frankenhooker uh we had my friend jenna on who's been a, a, a frequent guest, and she had told you know her mom like oh you're gonna go on the podcast tonight what movie are you gonna talk about and, <laughs> Frank and, and you know sean at work that day because we we usually record on thursdays and they're like so what movie are you doing tonight?" Like, because i know that we do the podcast and he's like frankenhooker and, and they're like what the fuck what fucking movie is frankenhooker i'm like how do you not know frankenhooker it's like a classic and i'm like oh my god i've become randy from scream
0: (laughs) oh well i mean we're doing cockneys versus zombies next week so (laughs) that's a fun one it's a fun one but it's one of those ones with the title and people just go what 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 so, um yeah that'll be interesting oh I've just actually I've given away what we're doing next week I usually save that for the end I'll cut that I uh, know um so mo- <laughs> moving on um the the we've, we've talked at length about uh David Gale and his the excellent job that he did as dr Hill uh Christopher Lee was actually originally offered that role but turned it down
2: can you imagine like I love Christopher Lee would I like to have seen him in this yes but I, I, I wanted David Gale because Christopher Lee doing that head. I can't have him doing that. <laughs> Christopher Lee, he's Dracula. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Have some respect. But I he, I'm
1: the opposite. I would have loved to have seen Dracula go down <laughs>
2: Well, yeah. I mean, like, I guess it depends on the person. But like for me, like this movie, David Gale just sold. David meals. Gale
0: did such a good job in
1: this movie as well. i feel Like, like... and and
2: I love Christopher <laughs> Lee, but like I don't want him in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: He did such a good job. His wife divorced him, so he get, <laughs> gonna go Well, yeah,
2: it. I guess so. <laughs> Jesus and how uncomfortable? I mean, just one moment. And I I do this a lot on my show. I get kind of perverted but like how uncomfortable would it have been to be sticking your face and her private parts
1: <laughs> I, i'd have it. been fine with it to be
2: <laughs> well it is barbara crampton i would have been fine with it too
0: yeah i wonder i wonder how many takes it took <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, um... Yeah, wife of the drool first, right? Anyway. Maybe
0: that's why his wife divorced him, because they actually, <laughs> actually took, like, a hundred takes. Take <laughs> <laughs> <We>
1: 69. <laughs> he
0: was just like, no, it. I didn't quite get that right, I'm going to have to do it again, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, wait,
1: wait, take 69, we'll try it a different way.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> uh... oh, wow.
1: Anyways, nah,
0: uh, um, <laughs> my next piece of trivia... it me. It doesn't get any better with my next piece of trivia. So, we talked about the woman at the beginning of the film that Dan is trying to resuscitate. Um, she's actually, she was actually a well-known dildo enthusiast, and what she would, <laughs> what she would do, what,
3: what? what
0: Wait, she would like, do, that's what?
2: my title, Candy the Final Girl, <laughs> what she like would that's do a career, is, that's a name, I, I, that's a thing you can do,
0: well whilst they were filming, she would hide dildos amongst the fake corpses on oh, set, Jesus. that had to have made it fine <laughs> <laughs> like, like, sometimes when i'm doing my research and i look at trivia there are a few bits and pieces that i just go what and that is one of them that's one of those what the fuck pieces of i feel movie.
2: like if they were interviewing her you know on a newscast it would say underneath her name <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's my career dildo that's dildo what i do <laughs> <laughs> that's what i do
0: wow um so slightly less uh, rude uh, the original cut of this movie was 150 minutes long um, yeah. with the released version, which came in uh, uh, about 87 minutes. So they cut...
2: Which is not even completely full length.
0: Yeah, they cut an hour of this movie.
2: <laughs> I want to see that hour.
0: Yeah, I want to see what was... The director's
1: out. cut would be a bit mental
0: then, <laughs> I mean, you, this, this movie is batshit insane. So can you imagine what it is that they actually cut?
2: Yeah, like, what did they cut out? Because, like we we know what we see i'm, I'm like what else didn't we see because there's the famous well i can't i'm not going to share that fact because i'm going to be on for that show but i, I know
0: uh yeah the, uh, the another event, film. Event and you know what i'm talking yeah, about it's the event horizon one isn't it we'll, it's we'll, we'll, the horizon yeah, yeah.
2: i want to see that film but you know it was lost
0: yeah that's yeah yeah that's the unfortunate part of that i, I hope that there's somewhere with the extra hour of uh reanimator in a, in a i have the some. facts
2: on that i interviewed the guy who did the special features um justin beam and i have i know all about that so i can tell you that on that episode
0: awesome superb um the building this is this is quite a fun fact that like the building that they use for the medical school in this film is the same building that was used for Cyberdyne headquarters in terminator 2 judgment day
1: yeah okay.
0: That was that was one. Uh, the last piece of trivia that That's
1: I've got. That's the only bit of trivia I had. Have <laughs> I just <laughs> stolen it? I'm sorry, yeah. Nico.
0: I'm sorry. Um, like my only bit. Your only piece. So uh, just as well you're not doing the quiz today. Eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last uh, the last piece of trivia I have. So, the security guard who sits outside the morgue who kept leaving to go for his coffee. Stuart Gordon confirmed that he wasn't actually going to get coffee. He was just going to masturbate.
1: What? <laughs> well, you, you, don't... <laughs> you don't. notice okay. that scene? The I'm, scene. i just going for a see later. The, scene,
0: <laughs> the scene. where <laughs> Doctor Hill comes in with the mannequin head. He's got like a copy of I don't know, it was like Hustler or Playboy or something in his hand. Yeah,
2: some porn mag.
0: So yeah. and then and then he like he's like oh time for a break and scurries off with the porn
2: magazine. <laughs>
0: gonna go rub one out be right back uh, yeah you know working in a morgue but that's that's not what would come to my mind first at, but... at, least, um... it,
1: at least he's having a because that's all i'm saying with that one
0: okay and <laughs> thank you for that nico we shall...
1: Exactly
0: we shall move on um any other pieces of trivia nico no you no longer have any because i've stolen it any other pieces of trivia candy that you'd like to yeah those
1: cyberdyne. right
0: uh... <laughs> <laughs>
2: um you know i i think we we've kind of covered you know what really needs to be covered i mean um
0: yeah uh yeah, that's that's perfectly fine yeah. uh, we shall move on into our next segment uh, which is our ratings and our reviews
3: a census taker once tried to test me i ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice tea.
0: As always, we will start off with the critics' scores. IMDb gave this movie a 7.2 out of 10. Metacritic scored it 73 out of 100. The Rotten Tomatoes critics given it 93% fresh, with the Rotten Tomatoes audience scoring it 82%. Critics' consensus perfectly mixing humor and horror. The only thing more effective than Reanimator's gory scares are its dry deadpan jokes. Um, you know what? This is not the kind of film I expect the critics to love.
2: Yeah, and I don't think you know. This is the case of where a lot of these '80s films, critics have changed their ratings, and we talked about that on the House that Screams. Like, these are some of these people are the same people that panned it when it came out because you know the horror was a bad word in the '80s. There was a campaign against it here in the states with Cisco and Ebert uh, like giving out like a. Uh, The woman, God, I can't think of her name, and I'm so sorry. uh, Who played uh, Jason's mom? They gave out her address. Oh, Betsy Betsy Palmer. Betsy Palmer. There it is. I I knew it would come to me. Uh, But they gave out her home address. That's
0: right.
2: Mail to, like, how dare you for Friday the 13th? You know, like, so there was this war against horror going on in the 80s because kids had access to it with VCRs, and I I was one of those kids. And I'm like, fuck you. Um, I still. (laughs) Like, they were good critics on other things, but they absolutely thought horror was a bad word. And the critics couldn't kind of, the other critics kind of followed suit. So I think a lot of these critics, uh, we found proof of them changing their scores.
0: Yeah. And it goes back further than that as well. I know you just got, you guys just did the exorcist, which unfortunately I couldn't make it on, but look at the treatment that Linda Blair got at the, after that movie, she had to get, you know, armed bodyguards, she had to get armed bodyguards after that. And that was yeah. in the early seventies, you know, so you know that goes, it goes, it goes back a long shit. way yeah yeah and she was a child what was she 12 12 13 i
2: think she was
0: 13. something like that so it was just it was just crazy um we always throw it out to our listeners and our followers on social media asking for their opinions and their scores for the movie um the average score that this movie got from our followers and listeners was 8.7 out of 10 before we give our our uh Ratings. I'll go through what some of them had to say. Sebastian Seymour says, This is an icon of 80s horror and is a must-watch. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I will not be surprised if Reanimator takes top spot on the ratings leaderboard. That's a bold claim. Currently sitting top of our leaderboard is Halloween, uh, which has an overall 9.1, so it's going to be interesting. Well, interest-
2: Sebastian, I'm certainly going to try. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Andrew Shearer simply says, when, when giving his rating, 6 to 12, which I thought was quite, quite nice. Um, that was quite fun. Um, controversial here, 100 Things We Learned From Film Podcasts said, 4 or below, vastly overrated.
2: Sacrilege.
0: <laughs> uh, Louise says, uh, regular contributor to our show, great concept, and I lo- loved Herbert's craziness, but the frequent lack of clothing on the characters ruined it a bit for me. Spent half the film looking away from the screen.
2: Maybe uh,
1: really? uh, he doesn't
2: I'd... like a naked body. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know, I just, I, I, I don't even, I think that has to do with maybe, like, personal feeling.
0: Yeah, a, a
1: personal like, For feeling, me, like,
2: but... nudity doesn't bother me if it doesn't bother them, and it, it definitely applied in every situation that it was used it wasn't used gratuitously yeah. I
1: don't like it was necessary. I don't know like the bit where like getting her clothes pulled off and that that does there, there's a lot more nudity there than most 80s uh, yeah.
0: anyways um spooky Boopenheim says absolutely spectacular movie this was the movie that opened my eyes to the weird stuff and it changed my taste <laughs> in film forever there's, there's, there's going to be a film that opened your eyes to that stuff. It's definitely going to be this film. Uh, yeah. Trillion Graham says this was the movie that made me realise I should watch horror films. Fair enough. And finally, the Gorilla Brain podcast. This is one of those gems that you somehow, someone, sorry, I shall try that one again. This is one of those gems that you show someone new to the genre and have them take out a pen and paper to take notes. Then you tell them to hold it on a mountainside like fucking Simba to show all the the standard in which they are measured.
2: Oh my God, I love that. I love you for saying
0: that. So, So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who sent us in your ratings and your opinions, but it is our turn now. So Candy, as the first ever guest in the show, you get the honor of going first today. <laughs> what will you score reanimator on a scare a scale of zero to ten?
2: Okay, um, you know how we rate um we rate on um out of ten on my show. Um and I always go in kind of guns of plays. I, I'm always the first person to rate on my show because I like, get yeah, I'm very defensive. I go in like I'm ready to fight about <laughs> Um, and and I've started rating things uh, more on my personal feelings, and you know um, I do consider aspects of the film, but there are things that we can forgive. And I feel like I've shown my hand from moment one on this one. <laughs> um, I
0: this don't know what you're 10. talking about. I'm in complete <laughs> anticipation here.
2: Yeah, this is a ten out of ten for me.
0: Yes, I'm not, not surprised perfect about
2: this film. Yeah, there are things that are not perfect about this film, but. Um, I'm going to use another example from the 80s uh, with Evil Dead 2. Um, like, I've watched that movie so many times. And, and you know, um, doing a horror podcast, I I, I was never a person to listen to, like, commentary and stuff. And they're pointing out everything that's wrong during the movie. And I'm like, I never noticed that. I never fucking noticed that all these fucking years of my life. So, like, the wall wobbling in this movie, I, I never had noticed it before. And yeah. so the commentaries and shit like that. So, like these things, um, you know, or, or some of the, you know, awkward lines that Herbert West had to say, it fit his character to be awkward, because that his character was very socially awkward, and you know, he he totally fit the role of like the mad scientist here, which is exactly what he is. Um, and we and we get the heavy science, and um, you know, we get the horror movie, and it's just everything that it needs to be and more. Um, it was one of those movies that, like, as, and when the first time that I watched it, I rewound the tape and I watched it again. I was blown away. And I, and it's just, I've held it to my heart all these years. I always watch it. I can't stop. And I, it gave me, you know, my first taste of Barbara Crampton, who I followed her career. You know, um, we talk about her a lot in the show. I've done, you know, tributes to her in my makeup company. Um, I love her and I just and i love Jeffrey Combs and just, you know, he's delightful. I, I'm just everybody in this movie was great. Um, Brian Eusen is fucking insane. And I love that. I love that David Bowie loves this film. And it was at a time when, you know, because this thing what it wasn't a great success. I, it started to pick up steam on uh, uh, the home release, the VHS release. You know when you go through the horror sections and oh this looks kind of cool you know um and you know that's how a lot of us saw you know it, people my age um was just trolling the, the horror section like this looks interesting i'm gonna take that home but yeah so i mean this is absolutely like in like top 10 cult classics for me um top 10 favorites for me It was made in like a banner year of horror, like just feed me all the 1985 movies, please. But yeah, so 10 out of 10, anything that's wrong with this movie and there really isn't much. I mean, unless you're gonna fucking nitpick or maybe it's not completely your jam. You know what I mean? But for me, this is everything I want in a horror movie. It's fucking crazy. It goes there, it doesn't pull any punches. So yeah, 10 out of 10, that's my score.
0: Awesome. Awesome, uh, Nico. What are you rating this one?
1: I'll give it an eight.
0: An eight out of ten. Yeah. Okay, and your reasons for for striking two points off?
1: I, I don't agree with Agent super well. Like it, there is some bits in it that you just like. That oh, was totally cheesy. Eh? Okay, we're all don't think the movie is cheesy, but there is parts there. And okay. Um, okay. Bruce gets overlooked quite a lot in the movie as well. I, I think he's a bit of a background character in this one. Okay.
0: Okay, well, each to their own, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So neither me nor Nico have ever given a perfect 10 in uh, out on this show. Even for my favourite film of all time, Halloween, I gave a 9.8. <laughs>
2: yeah, I see. There's people who rate like that, and I, I decided, you know, on my show that, like, I'm going to rate from the heart. Because, and so I'm a little bit more generous. Sometimes I can forgive things because there's things that make up for it, but you know, to each their own. Um, I know people who've never given a perfect 10, but we've we only had like maybe five or six episodes. Of in ever in
0: fairness, I've given a couple of 10s out on your show.
2: Yeah, because, because, you know, there's all of us, like when we did the thing, which is the, the most people, I think there was 12 of us. That's the historic, because every single one of us gave out a perfect 10. Like, what can you find wrong with the thing? Nothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we only have a couple where everybody gave tens cause there's so many of us, but there's usually a, a wet blanket person. There's somebody who's, you know, very critical. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting a 10, but I'm hoping for a high score from you
0: well, um, I, I, I'm not going to give this a 10, but I am going to give it a 9.5. So... I, yeah,
2: I will. That's acceptable. I, cause I know how you rate. So that's acceptable.
0: Um, I'm generally quite a harsh critic normally. Yeah, yeah. Um. So 9.5. The only thing I'm going to take out like a wee half score is like we were talking, I said earlier about, you know, some of the, that those lines of dialogue maybe not being the best, but they're easily forgivable. Um, which is why I'm not taking a full point off. I'm only going to take half a point off. But for me, everything else in this movie just works. It all complements itself really well. And yeah, I think this is one of the best horror movies there is out there. So nine point five for me. And with that, love it. Be, sorry.
2: said so I love it.
0: Uh, oh right, sorry. Um, uh, with that being said, uh, all of our scores combined with those critic scores gives Reanimator an average score of eight point five out of ten. And it puts it in second place oh. on the list of now 11 movies that we have covered on the so show. Uh, it puts it one place above A Nightmare on Elm Street original and one place below the Halloween original. So it's in, it's in great company. It's in
2: good company.
0: It's in great company. Nico, you happy with that?
1: Yeah. I, I actually thought it was going to take the top spot, to be honest. It's, it's
0: close. To... It's not far off it, but it's not quite there. Just, just above... But it's made up above, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Near Dark is on there as well. Oh, um, I love Near so,
1: Dark. So, yeah, we loved that movie as well, didn't we, Nico? Yeah, like, um, it's the second best vampire movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I, no, I'm, like, a vampire, like, freak. I love vampires, and so, like, I go nuts when we do vampire movies on my show, so... Um you can i you and i could have a long lost boys conversation but i don't think it's. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: it would be <laughs> no 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 i don't think it's. it would be like a me and rob situation i was referring to i think, um,
0: I, I, think I, I, I have
2: hot sure. i have hot takes on lost boys and people are like you love vampires i'm like fuck that movie
0: oh oh <laughs> wow well maybe oh, we really? to, we'll maybe need to get you back on for that one as well
2: we'll debate like, we'll, we'll no. come with prepared notes and, and and oh. like a powerpoint presentation and we'll
0: be- <laughs> i think I might, I might just take that episode off guys <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh yes yeah, so thank you to everyone who gave us your uh, your answers we'll move on to our next segment which is the bad letterboxed reviews this is where i trawl through the letterboxed reviews specifically the negative ones to see if i can come up with. there's been some pretty funny ones uh, during our time on this segment iniko hey,
1: oh yeah like so- uh, this is become my favorite part um so,
2: yeah like people love our sean shitty reviews he picks those one-star reviews and some of them are so badly written <laughs> <they're> just <laughs> crying laughing but anyway i'm sorry but yeah we, we have a similar segment and it's it's one of the best parts
0: <clears throat> so um this person said that red bull uh, i i don't generally read out the names of the people because they haven't given me permission to do that so um <laughs> so uh, this person said red bull might give you wings but mountain dew gives you life. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I, I'm assuming you're referring to the reagent looking like mountain dew. I,
2: right, yeah, but like, it, what but... the fuck?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Like, like, like <laughs> mountain dew of all the things I could compare it to, like a glow stick is so much better.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it actually is close to Exactly. You do? I don't know.
0: <laughs> this movie should have been rated Z for zombie nudity. Well, <laughs> it's
1: not zombies for so stuff.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Invalidate.
0: Um, this person, they, they didn't enjoy it. I had a terrible time, thank you. <laughs> okay you're welcome (laughs) this person i don't actually quite know where they stand on the movie because they've simply said foul yucky gross horny (laughs) (laughs) What?
2: okay so reanimated heads giving head is your kick okay but there was not
0: the kick for this next person because they said my dick did not get hard
1: while watching
2: um, is it supposed to? They're... I don't have one, but, like, I'm... is it supposed to? Can you guys tell me that? Uh, no,
1: no, I'm don't, definitely not... thinking they're protesting too much. they dick
2: <laughs> I mean, my dick didn't get hard, but I- I- I refuse no, to- No, I it. can't I... say that mine's did either. I, think mine didn't <laughs> I either, can't but think of a, a movie a that, that gave me- that made me horny, you know? I can't- uh, a horror movie that
0: made me horny. No, no, I mean, No.
1: No, I'm, I'm, I've got no comment
0: on that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, Nico's gonna plead the fifth on that one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I but mean, this, maybe this maybe there are people good
2: good. that just judge horror movies by by their boner like clearly.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that, yes. that would be a very interesting rating system for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <So> how, <laughs> Not
2: having a penis, well, I wouldn't be sure how to do this.
1: Well, it could be like soft, semi, and hard. chubby. <laughs> oh, <no.
0: laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a. Penis. Wow. Um this last one simply said he'll never be the head of a major corporation.
2: A uh, grown dad joke. That's worse than Herbert's jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so yeah, that was the uh the bad letterbox reviews fun segment i always love looking through those
2: (laughs) mountain Dews and boners like what else do you need
0: normally in fairness nico you'll vouch for this there's a lot of talk of fecal matter (laughs) in the bad letterbox (laughs) reviews
1: well shit
0: happens there you go but um we shall move on to our next segment so candy how well do you know reanimator hello amanda i want to play a game okay so this is the portion of the show where normally I would quiz Nico on the movie that we have just discussed. Um, you've had not a very great performance in the last couple of episodes, Nico. No, but
1: yeah. like,
0: What did you get? Did you just get one last week? I think it was two, was it did not? Did you get two for Scout's Guide? Oh, I can't remember. But basically, I will ask today our special guest, Candy, five questions <laughs> That relate-
2: and I'll probably get them all wrong.
0: That's, all right. that's fine. N- <laughs> Nico has never. There's
1: not- never been a perfect five.
0: The- Nico has never gotten a perfect five, so no pressure. There's no pressure. But yeah. you
2: know what? Your day's gonna come. I believe in you.
0: <laughs> it will not be next week. <laughs> so I'm gonna make it even harder for him. Um, but yes, I will ask you five questions that are in some way related to the movie Reanimator, and we shall see how many you can get. The first one isn't actually about Reanimator, but we will. What so we'll just kick off with what other and this is probably I think the easiest one of the the movies of the questions what other Stuart Gordon movie would Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton work on that was released just one year after Reanimator?
2: Um, From Beyond.
0: Correct. There you go. You're off the mark. You're you've got one. That's you've tied with Nico's worst performance so you're not going to be (laughs) our worst performance I tied
2: for worse yay (laughs)
0: um I'm not sure if you know the specifics I think you're going to get a couple of these um I hope (laughs) how many days did it take to shoot this movie uh
2: like
0: 16 it's Nico do you have an answer? I, I have no idea. No. Like uh, it's 18, 18, oh. 18 days. Ah, oh, fuck! You were so, thought... you were close. You, I, I well, you'd anyway. spoken about it being a few weeks in the in the, the main discussion. So I was wondering if you you knew the specific on that one.
1: That's why I said twenty one because I thought three weeks. Yeah.
0: Um. What is the name of Dan's cat that was reanimated twice as part of Herbert's experiments? Fuck me. Um. <laughs> no, I answer though.
2: Um. Shh. Oh. I... I I can't. I don't remember.
1: Nico, uh, smudge. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like
0: Smoky. <laughs> it's uh, it's Rufus. God damn it! It's Rufus. The cat was called Rufus. I.
2: That's in. It was in the annals of my brain, but my brain was like running around like that. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what your, was your the brain's day?
0: still thinking about that dildo enthusiast. Yeah, I'm like, hmm.
2: Am I in the wrong career? <laughs>
0: okay question number four what is the name of the original hp lovecraft story that this is based on
2: herbert west reanimator
0: correct there you go so now you're better than the worst performance
2: yay
0: (laughs) i think nico only got you said you only got two last week i'm convinced you only got one last week nico
1: i thought the week before that was one
0: was that that week was one okay i knew you've gotten a one somewhere i've Uh, I've
1: definitely got a one yeah i remember i don't think
0: you've, you've never gotten a zero though
1: no i've always got one
0: Oh, well we'll need to change that. Um oh. your final question, Candy. When being questioned about Rufus, what does Wes suggest he should have left on a note to Dan? <sighs> to be
2: no 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 um to, to not let
0: the cat outside. I don't I I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Nico? Uh, that you've run the cat over or
1: something. I have no idea. I actually
0: suggest you should you should have written "cat dead details later."
1: Yeah, I knew it was something <laughs> like that, but I couldn't remember exactly what.
0: <laughs> Which I think is a great line in this movie. I love. I was that.
2: thinking of like pet cemetery type shit, <laughs> <laughs> I get
1: his
2: ball snips. Uh, like I like I don't know. My brain's stupid right
1: now. That's not like Not nearby. Stuff, but I
2: I couldn't, I couldn't I couldn't
0: spit it out kind of. <laughs> it's difficult when you're not you don't know what to expect with the questions as well and we did spring it on you because i didn't tell you before that we were going to ask you questions about the movie so i did kind yeah, of I'm sp- like that. now i sound like completely
2: invalidated like okay she, she's <laughs> oh, trusted. she does she, she well, does
0: that's not- that's, how nico, <laughs> that's how nico feels every episode <laughs> but i oh, feel sorry. like
2: it's like i've watched the movie so many times that you know like it's kind of like shit like that you don't even pay attention to anymore
1: yeah, yeah. Like my okay. rating system is i'm semi then how's that I'm just
2: <laughs> my, my my d my uh d grade here I'm just... <laughs> but teacher
0: yeah every move every film just gets a d <laughs> i
2: get a d Okay. I did pass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you got two, you got two out of five, which is is, yeah. is is not the worst performance. So you're not at the bottom of that leaderboard.
2: I feel like a casual. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we shall move on to our final segment of the show, which is the listener question of the week. Each week, we ask our followers and listeners a different horror related question, and just ask you to give us some answers we will obviously give our answers here as well this week's listener question of the week is what is your favorite stephen king adaptation uh nico would you like
1: to take this one first uh i see it's a toss between pet cemetery and it
0: i'm so happy you didn't say dr sleep <laughs> <laughs>
1: You received, like righted
2: the wrongs of the shining though so I have to...
1: yeah give... see that's why i think
2: yeah fuck the shining
0: <sighs> okay thanks yeah. guys uh, that'll be the end of the show <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> no be Believe
2: glad I you I no. be glad you missed that on the house of screams
0: I know because I went, I remember when that came up in the schedule and I was like oh well could I could I could I do The Shining and I was like no I will give that one I picked something else I think I picked Thirteen Ghosts or something instead yeah and we lost that episode our hard drive failed oh I hate it when that happens I've lost a couple of See, that's episodes that's why it never
2: came out and um, we were like fuck, we we lost probably like six episodes
0: yeah I've I've done that a couple of times before it's not it's 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 a right pain in the ass. sorry but uh, Nico you were saying between it and Pet Cemetery yeah. Why, why those two in particular are we talking which it are we talking about and which cemetery
1: original pet cemetery uh, as well
0: so originals for both so the yeah, the, the, the mini series with tim curry
1: yeah because like tim curry and that is just epic. like he is so oh. good like he steals he eats up every single bit of the scenery he is it. you know what i mean yeah. like he's the best like villain but I love the idea of Pet Cemetery. I, I loved the book. I loved everything about that movie. But the toss up is the best villain in like one of the best in horror. Or the really good story. So it's it's generally a toss up between the two. Okay.
0: Okay. So my answer is neither of those. My answer is and I, again I think I think I was on this for your show as well, Candy, is uh, misery. That's my Yes my favorite Stephen King adaptation I think that's just an absolute perfect movie that that was a uh,
2: great episode
0: that's definitely one of those movies I think I gave a perfect 10 for on your show Um, you did um I absolutely love that movie Kathy Bates and James Caan as well just are so excellent it's got such a tight cast as well and just the psychological nature of it is just it's so I think it's just absolutely excellent and for my money I don't think there's that many movies out there that are better than it so misery for me uh candy again i know we we, we we slung this upon you before we came on air but you've had the episode to potentially come up with an answer so do you have a favorite stephen king adaptation
2: um yeah but can i preamble quickly you,
0: you may do, what do you something
2: wish. simple i can't i gotta make everything complicated <laughs> like stephen king um himself who is like my favorite author and whatever um he hates most adaptations of his work and <laughs> uh, yeah. his the what when he directed his own stuff when he did maximum overdrive he never directed another thing again because it was so bad and we did that on uh, the house of screams maximum yeah. Overdrive.
1: oh we've talked about Every, maximum everyone over- knows the reason for that yeah cocaine's a, a hell of a drug we've talked about we've talked about
0: maximum <laughs> overdrive nico
2: oh wow. yeah
1: Hence saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i
2: fucking so i fucking hate that one too um i'm I, I didn't care for the new it movies and everybody's like how at least the first one was good i was like no they changed the story why did they set it in the 80s it was supposed to be in the 50s it's integral to the plot anyway so most of the time i literally hate all of them but um and i don't think this is a perfect film because we're talking in his horror films because I think his non-horror films get better adaptations. So we're gonna sweep those away. But like out of his horror films, um, I thought Pet Cemetery had some great casting and whatever, but it's not my fave. I gotta say The Mist. Um Oh
1: good, Ooh, good show.
0: That's a great I show. don't
2: I don't think that um it was a perfect film. But we, you know, Thomas Jane, like, he's so fucking great. And that ending. That
0: ending, though.
2: fucked up. And, and as a fan of the novella of the, of the Mist, you know, the last word in in the story is hope. And, you know, Frank Darabont, who, you know, who's fucking amazing, mm-hmm. um, he took it and went so dark. Like, you did not see that coming. Stephen King himself said, you are darker than me, dude. And yeah, he, didn't
0: stephen king say that's a better ending than i could have ever written yeah he's like, like he's that. like yeah, yeah he said
2: that like he praised the show of it and um so i you know i i have to agree with that i'd have to say the miss because that ending i mean i cry like a baby like you know when he's you know that that moment after he's killed everybody including his child and he's like and he has no bullet left for himself and he's just thinking of wait like what can i do what can i do and then here comes everybody to save them and i'd be like now i'll be like please shoot me please just fucking kill me now Mm -hmm. i just you know you you put yourself in that spot and so the movie was really well done um you know the ending was fantastic so i i have to go with mist
0: yeah no i think that's a great show. that's one i hadn't really considered i mean i'm happy with my answer but um yeah that's 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 a great one for me um we've got i'll just quickly go through a couple of the, the responses i'm aware that we're 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 moving on a little bit in terms of time, but a couple of the answers that we got. Um, Stark Tatter said Christine is as their favourite adaptation. That's a movie I actually had talked about not, not in too long ago. Um, it it was one of those films that I, like you know we all have those films that you just like miss, and Christine yeah. was one of those for me. So I managed to like go back the one and... that
1: folk were talking
0: to me was uh, Cujo. Cujo yeah well um oh,
2: Cujo is great Said
0: Taig during an interview actually said that was like one of the two films that he was actually scared of um I can't remember what the other one was now but Cujo was definitely one of them I'm scared
2: of dogs anyway
0: <laughs> uh the reviewer blur said might be easier to pick my least favorite realized I enjoyed most all of them so thank you for not actually answering the question <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> uh last one I'll do a movie runner said it, uh just to just to annoy you, Candy, it said, It 2017. Um, see, I've seen it so many times. I didn't mind It 2017. It's not my favorite film okay. in the world. I dis- actively dislike oh. Chapter 2. Um, but they then go on to say Misery is probably second. So I can... To suggest that It 2017 is better than Misery, though, is... Uh... Yeah, that, no, I can't agree with that.
2: But himself. there's a
0: lot, but, they, you know... I know, despite your guys' thoughts on it, The Shining, I'm sure, is one for a lot of people. Yeah, It is.
2: A lot of people love and S yeah. over that movie, but I had some strong opinions. I wasn't even on that episode, but I came in at the end and just, like, blew everybody away.
0: You've also got things like uh, Kari. You've got Silver Bullet thinner i love
2: silver bullet so many people have not seen that and they need to
0: yeah that's that's that that's one that sort of gets looked over and then you've got some of his more modern adaptations things like gerald's game and the tall grass as well so
2: that was the tall grass and the tall grass was so great gerald's game also awesome that i think like flanagan did that yeah he did amazing um yeah i mean there's a lot of them out there because he's such a great writer Yeah, yeah that but like most of them are shit (laughs) and and if i can save you some time the pet cemetery remake was so like hyped and i rented it and i I, I hate it for spending money because there's almost no dialogue and it's a very story like like nico said the story is important they wasted on lithgow they you, you know like wasted him as a character he could have done so much with that role of Judd which Fred Gwynn nailed in the original film yeah. but like yeah that movie like there's it's stupid it's fucking dumb don't don't do it just don't not I, once
0: I I went but to the okay, cinema away. to see don't do drugs I, I went to the cinema to see the Pet cemetery remake I, I am so too. sorry it's one of I the so and so I, actu- sorry. I actually fell asleep <laughs> Yeah,
2: because nobody talks, and the story is changed, and like in the story that you need to make this movie work isn't there.
0: I was sad. Yeah. I was angry. There is two movies. I think two movies that I have fallen asleep to in the cinema. One of them was the remake of Pet Cemetery and the other one was The Nun.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, those are two awful movies. Like <laughs> toilet because they're shit.
1: Um, and I, I fell asleep during Gone Girl. <laughs> I've not. I've. Not I have slept.
2: never fallen asleep in the movies. Oh, walked out of movies, but I've never fallen. Asleep. I've
0: never walked out. I've never walked out. I've. I've. Stayed, I, even I, when I went to see Slenderman, I stayed until the bitter end.
2: Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking movie God, made me just feel
0: stupid. I, I, but Jesus. thank, thank you for your guys' responses. Thank you to everyone who gave us your answer. Next week's. Oh.
1: Sorry, uh, before you go, there, there's one of them that always gets missed that I quite like. It's go not on. the best one, but it's up there. It's the one with Drew Barrymore, Firestarter. It's quite good as well. Oh. And yeah, it we talk about Firestarter
2: me. a lot.
0: Actually, another one on that, sorry, before you go into that, uh, Salem's Lot. Is a, I know it's...
2: We just did Salem's Lot. But uh, I know
0: it's not technically, but um, yeah, that's the one that maybe just gets a bit missed out too.
2: When yeah. we did the episode, it blew up, like, 50 downloads in, like, a couple hours.
1: Yeah. star okay, well, Firestarter oh, just really speaking up as well. There's a kid, it's just brilliant. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. So, yeah, next week's listener question of the week. What is your favorite international horror movie? Basically, any movie that was made outside of the UK. Oh my
2: god I wish I could give my answer.
0: <laughs> you can give your answer if you like but it's any movie that was based outside of the UK the US and we'll probably throw Canada in there as well and <laughs> say none of those three countries. Um. Well you know my answer. I do know your answer but we'll wait. My my answer, answer I
2: won't be there so I'll just I'm just gonna shout mine out because I'm a big fan of J-horror. Um, My brother lives in Japan um, so very immersed in, in a lot of Japanese culture, but um, it's in my top ten favorite movies of all time. Audition.
0: Oh, I love that movie and so much. We are much. about
2: to do that as a Ghouls Night Out feminist review. So that's oh. a show. But Audition. Uh, if you haven't seen Audition, why haven't you seen Audition?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't think I have. You've not, Nico. You need to watch Audition. Oh
2: my God, you have to see it. Well,
0: you know what? I'll add it into our schedule, and we'll we'll review it.
2: Yeah, I want to hear you guys' review because I I love listening to people talk about that movie.
1: I won't watch it until we're doing the review then, so it's fresh.
0: Okay, okay, that's what to do. But we'll we'll do it. It'll probably be in the new year now, but we will do it um but yeah thank you uh thank you for that so yeah that's that's the question for next week favorite international horror movie basically any movie that wasn't made in the uk the us or canada so we are looking forward to hearing all of your responses you can get those threads on our social media uh, on twitter at damned podcast they'll also be on facebook instagram uh that particular question won't be on our tiktok but well, actually it might be on our tiktok so i'm doing um the 31 days of Halloween across our social media as well, where we ask a different horror question every single day. Basically, it's a really cool thing, I think, to get to know some of our listeners and followers, and you guys can get to know us, and we can give our answers out as well. So we're currently in the middle of doing that as well. Um, So yeah, please go follow us across our social media accounts. Uh, Candy, before we go, would you like to plug your show again for me?
2: I would, but I have a question for
0: you,
2: Ian. Of course, go. Okay, so we have like, thousands of followers on um, my personal Instagram which I basically mostly use for the show and thousands on Twitter and I think it and and this is my guess, but I'm going to ask how you get people to engage with you a lot like we have lots of listeners and uh, I but I think they mostly get high and drink when they look because we are we're a party show <laughs> so nobody really like engages like when i ask a question they're just kind of like hmm it's, they, they will get all the likes but nobody says anything i'm like you guys are
0: high so it depends sometimes on the topic because there is sometimes where we'll put something out in there and, and it just seems to sort of get a little bit lost in you know the timelines or on the twitter feed and
2: and, and i and we have so much engagement like other podcasts are fans of ours and, and we're friends with them and you know, but it's still just like nobody really they're just kind of like, we're just gonna be drunk high partying when we listen to this. So like it doesn't matter. You know, I'm like, why do we have all these thousands of people that love us but they don't really wanna like
0: It is it's a tricky thing and I think it's it's the sort of it's it's the real sort of crux of sort of basing any sort of show you know is trying to build that interaction and and build and
3: that. I uh, don't know how
2: we can have so many fans and they will respond to other things like pictures I post or whatever but when I ask that question it's just kind of like ah we'll just out when you what you guys have to say when, when we're listening to your show when we're partying
0: I think that I think it's it's trying to get like the, the first sort of few people to do it as well because once you get like a few of those people who are commenting and liking and retweeting and sharing and whatever else then it sort of snowballs from there
2: yeah, yeah. i seem to get more interaction from instagram than you mm-hmm. on See, twitter
0: instagram is probably out of our social media probably our our small like it's not our smallest in terms of followers but it's it's maybe our smallest in terms of uh, the engagement that we get on it um so it was
2: like flip-flopped
0: yeah so it's a little bit different for us over there And maybe it's
2: just like the tone of our shows yeah is...
0: and i think like we we hear because you obviously like you know the difference between this show and, and 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 your show and you know you guys
2: have a format like we, we... <laughs> yeah <laughs> you never know what you're going
3: to get with us but like, we, we,
0: episode. You know, we 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 do pose especially on our show here um a lot of questions to our listeners and and you know we we directly ask a lot of questions whereas you guys like you say yours are much more relaxed about things and you'll have you know a much gen- much more general sort of chat as well about it. so yeah it could just be that it's just the different vibe but um I'll, yeah, because i know we have
2: listeners and fans and i do get feedback that they love the show and stuff like that but like yeah i can't get people to answer a lot of questions so i'm like fuck that then um okay
0: <laughs> but we've I, i've done that previously as well where i've asked like we've been trying to maybe introduce a different segment or, or whatever to this show and then you know I'll, I'll start putting the feelers out there and start asking the questions and you actually get very little response for it it's really just trial and error as well like, yeah it was it...
2: like that when we started doing horror business like earlier this year we, we did Edwood, which is our first non-horror movie but you know it has to have a title or somewhere
0: yeah you yeah so know,
2: we, we didn't know how it was going to go because we didn't really get a lot of response previous but people listened to it and loved it so I'm like, I guess that's just the kind
0: of show we are. So you yeah. know, I, it's, I just it's, wanted it's, to ask it's, you it's that. It's so bizarre because like when I started our previous show, um, you know, like I started that from 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 absolutely nothing. Like you know, you did with the house that screams, and you know, just it was just like one day, um, I was you know just doing the social medias, and one day it was just like a, a, a flip. Someone had flipped a switch, and suddenly we were getting like all these followers, and we just you know we it, it happens. I remember. Um, on my my old TikTok account as well, like the videos that I used to post on there would maybe get like a couple of hundred views or a couple of hundred whatevers, and then I posted this one video that got like fifty thousand, and it was like no real different to anything else that I'd been posting because I was just posting gaming clips, you know.
3: Right. Um, right.
1: So I to post nudes.
0: <laughs> yeah that's 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 where i was posting my d ratings for yeah. for movies um yeah. So, so yeah i think it's a trial and error thing and then you know if if something's just not working quite right then you then you just start to take a moment look at it and think right um i once... just
2: feel like it's not gonna happen for us because of the lack of format and because we have so many people like there are people who listen and and you know they'll come in on one episode and then go and listen to every single episode like yeah. even Two days. And, and we then, love those people. Yeah. And those people, they'll be like, oh, the running joke from, you know, season two, episode three that popped up in, you know, season three, episode 20, you know. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, so we have fans and they love us and I love them, but whatever.
0: um So, so, so well, we'll just put the call out here as well. Guys, go and interact with Candy's, uh, Candy's pages, the house that screams, the questions that they pose. Go and interact with them. Interact with us as well. Um, you know, because that's that's really for me one of the reasons why I like doing podcasting. Why I do this is so that I can speak to speak to people and talk to people about their. Their love for horror you know that's one of the reasons why we're such we're friends candy that we we you know both have such a great love for horror we have a very yeah, different lo- we have very different loves for horror whereas you know i i, yeah. I, I love the shining and hate dr sleep but <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, love that for me and we're good um yeah uh, as far as like uh, our social media like i said um you can find everything in my link tree um to um you know obviously we call them extended family members that would be this podcast and uh, like such Hammer horns uh barons Pied out podcast things like that um but also to uh the, my instagram candy the final girl um which i mainly just use the show or stuff relating to the show or just for in general on there and then um i run our twitter which um all you people that that are on there um you don't have to just speak to me in dms they <laughs> <laughs> they're like i love hey, you wow. like, maybe- I'm like, please, please, uh, please post that like in public. We, we like public love too. Um, Because <laughs> 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 when you, when you're DMing, you're just talking to me mm-hmm. and I relate that. Um, but you know, um, th- those people that shout us out every week, uh, other podcasts and, and just poor people in general, um, you know, uh, stars are some of the, the people involved in the movies that we talk about. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, everything Linktree slash candy funnel girl. Um, you're gonna find everything. But it is all me doing that because I'm the I'm the one who doesn't have I don't work, I'm disabled now. So uh yeah, that's just uh interact and um we're just gonna keep putting out crazier and crazier shit because that's what we do. And um, those of you crazy people who love our craziness we love
0: you yes and shout out to some of the other people that are on your show you've got uh the cinema drunkie rob um go follow him follow uh, Sh- uh of the dead as well uh, uh uh you've got nico as well el jefe the horror um, the boss the boss uh you've always yeah,
2: have
0: to say that when i say <laughs> you've got mac the <laughs> all-star you've got erica Wright there as well um is there anyone i'm missing i feel dave, like it- dave oh my goodness oh, i'm sorry dave i'm so sorry <laughs> dave's coming on the show <laughs>
2: Dave, like I, I love absolutely, like I love I, you, I, I Dave. Also, <laughs> uh, he'll totally, he'll, he'll totally laugh about it. Um, but yeah, everybody on my show—they're just such wonderful people. We are actually really friends in life, and we got to meet up for the first time. I mean, obviously, Sean and I have met up; we're
1: married with children. But um <laughs> I hope you to be up with that one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that would have been a complicated long distance thing but um
0: just in a, a, a luminous green like reanimator syringe <laughs> yeah just like uh, can, can you
2: send me some of that i'd <laughs> like
0: to be impregnated and you
2: know, maybe a ring send me a ring. oh wow
0: um but yeah, yeah um
2: but yeah i love everybody on the show we are all friends in real life we are all in a group chat and we talk every day And, um, you know, the love that you, everything that you hear on our show is 100% genuine. We leave in the arguments, we leave in the love, we leave in the tears, we leave in the laughter. We we don't really heavily edit. So everything that you hear, and Ian can attest to this, is genuine from us. We are 100% genuine, we are 100% friends. So, um, you know, hopefully that love comes through and uh, yeah, we, we, we love the horror community. We, we love everybody involved. We love this podcast. We love all the podcasts that interact with us. So yeah, there's nothing but love.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, like the same goes here. You know, me and Nico, we've been friends now for a number of years. We've, we used to work together. So I, f- I feel like, you know, it always makes a difference when you have that chemistry with the people that you're, you're doing podcasts with as well. So.
2: Um, the only person I, I actually knew when I started the podcast, like really knew, what Sean, that we built the friendship, you can hear our friendship build throughout the show,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, so I think that like me and Ian are
1: that close that he tries to poisons me for them. They're really misses.
0: Oh, yes, you. I, I, I gave Nico, Nico was in my my place of work, um, slightly intoxicated, shall we say, <laughs> and yes. uh, I may have been feeding him 63 percent rum shots, so <laughs> but did not. Yeah, dig- I, Did not go down very well, did it, Nico?
1: Me and your missus both thought it was tequila. So when we necked it like you normally do with tequila, I genuinely thought I was going to puke on either the bar or your missus.
0: (laughs) I'm sure she'd have loved you for that. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yes, so don't forget, guys. You can find this podcast on Twitter. I I can't remember if I've done this already. uh, At Damned Podcast. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram and on TikTok. Just search for Podcast of the Damned or go to our link tree, link tree, uh forward slash podcast of the damned where you can find us all there uh up next on the show i totally haven't spoiled this uh we're going to be going back to zombie movies again and we're going to be talking about cockneys versus zombies so back to the the zombie comedies
1: nico <laughs> yeah um that's an interesting one let's put it that way that, uh,
0: inter- yes i don't uh, that's the perfect word for it And yeah, um, sean
2: told me about that one um i'm <laughs> watching he was like this movie you would love it and i'm like what
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was the correct response <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> it's a you love or hate movie that's for sure yes
0: i'm sure we'll get into that one uh, in great detail next week but uh, until then thank you so much candy for coming on the show it was a pleasure having you and i look forward to getting you back on the show in i think later this month to talk about event horizon
2: I'm very excited about it. And I'm always so surprised when people want me back on their show because I just disrupt your formats and I talk too much and I interrupt. And I appreciate people (laughs) who want me are on their shows. And those are the people, some of them that I've shouted out. They're like, we don't care. We love you. And I'm like, good, because I can't shut up. It's like a.
1: (laughs) And you try to to yourself out of it try fairness, what i get
0: In first when i come on your show it's 3 a.m so i've not got much talking left in me
2: <laughs> yeah sometimes we're like is he a swing <laughs> i feel so bad because it's only eight o'clock for us you know like, when we start and so by the end of the episode you're like nodding off and i'm like this poor guy
0: <laughs> no but like, i love you're, doing
2: it. you're a fucking trooper i love like, doing it. thank I, you
0: i love doing it and i can't wait to come back on we're uh, excited, we and
2: we gotta get Nico
0: on. Yes, Nico. Be on there
2: with our Nico and Nico, yeah,
0: just, just get confused. That's not gonna give you confused at all. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can meet the famous Rob. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Rob is. Rob is such
0: a treat. Yes, <laughs> I, I absolutely love Rob. And he'll be coming on the show as well. Like I said, we've got David coming on the show. Hopefully we'll get Mac on the show as well. And, and like you said, yourself and uh, hopefully Sean will be coming back on the show. But we'll reveal all about those episode topics in the coming weeks as well. But until then, once again, thank you so much to Candy for coming on the show. Thank you to you, Nico, as well, as always, for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me on
0: again. Absolutely. And until next week, you all stay spooky out there. Thank you.